This episode of the Criterion Creeps podcast is dedicated to the memory and legacy of Kirk Douglas. Criterion Creeps are coming With Jared and RJ From Renwater Kurosawa And everything along the way This is the Criterion Creeps Podcast. I'm Jared Duncan. RJ Baylog. And we're just two guys who have no other choice now to creep our way through the Criterion Collection one spine number at a time in order to release. This week, we're sleeping in the back of English class because it's another Shakespeare unit. As we mm. watch Spine 213 in the Criterion Collection, Laurence Olivier's Richard, Richard, even? Richard? The third? Sure. Richard III? Richard sure. Cubed from mm-hmm. 1955? But mm-hmm. first, RJ, how's it going? Mm-hmm. How's it going this week? I mean, I've been better. I mean, the world was rocked today from uh, by some mere, devastating mere, news. Mere minutes ago. Minutes ago, and uh, I don't know if I'm ready to talk about it yet. No, me neither. Just gotta let let's absorb in. I mean, who who else is going to be our punchline, our punching bag, our senile punching bag? Now that it's come to this. Well, I mean, we could find someone that deserves it. Now, and now, now when you say Kirk Douglas is dead, it's true. It's like, now it's like you were always right. I mean, I get, believe it or not, I get no joy out of this, Jarrett. This isn't something that I wanted to have happen. So, um, I know a lot of people thought I was rooting for it. Uh, I was on, I was just confused. I didn't believe that a man of that stature could be alive at this point in time. It's very true. But, uh, you know, maybe someone who deserves it, we can throw the hate towards. How old is Max Landis? <laughs> Too old. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, so it's uh, it's pretty devastating, Jared. Pretty devastating. But I did find it humorous, all of the uh, hip Twitter accounts from, like, people. It's like, it's like, you don't give a shit. They're like, devastating. We've lost Kirk Douglas, <laughs> the legend. And it's like a 15-year-old kid from Long Island. It's uh... like, you don't you don't care. I don't care. I mean, I care, but I'm probably one of the only people in the world who has yeah. genuine yeah. thoughts about that, you know? We had a real stake to see him hit uh, December 9th of this year, because then he'd be 104. It would have, it, it could have been. What could have been? So long, Isur Danielovich. Man, one of a kind. One I don't kind. use the, the term legend very often, Jarrett, but... Uh, Spartacus. Uh, huge. Yeah, huge, <laughs> huge. Uh, I heard you were teaching some welding today. How's yeah, that? it was. <laughs> um, RJ, I don't know if you realize this, but I don't uh, think you know anything about welding. Uh, 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 and how would you know this? Uh, do, you don't do, know RJ, what I RJ, do you know anything about welding before no. today? Oh, okay, cool. I, you know how much I know now? the same more than before that's true what do you need to know about mig welding tig welding or stick welding i got it all brother i got it all uh yeah i was doing a little welding today uh it was actually a good 
I didn't actually get into the shop portion. The kids were still working on the, um, like the modules of like safety. So, you know, that was fine. But hey, you want to hear something interesting? No. You know how, actually, fittingly enough, I don't care if you care. Uh, fittingly enough, you know how we're doing this thing now where we're seeing what people thought we looked like. I heard a new one today. Uh, two kids saying that I looked like someone. It's something I've never heard before. Not just the Pacey from Dawson's Creek. No, no, that's a. Uh, I've heard that one before. Mm-hmm. I've heard Tom Hanks before. Uh, Mel Gibson is the one I I like to tell people that other people say I look. Oh yeah, people say I look like Mel Gibson. Will oh, Wheaton. All the time. Will. Will Wheaton is one I don't like being yeah. referred to. You uh, hear that, a, people? Don't. You said don't it. Do it. It's too late. Don't do it. Uh, get this one, Jared. And I know you're you're gonna be like, what? No. But uh, two two separate people said I looked like uh, Mr. Jake Gyllenhaal. Hmm. I I I was just I was stunned too. I was like, what do you huh. mean Jake Gyllenhaal? And they're like from uh, Spider Man. I was like, but my beard's not very thick right now, and his beard is prominently thick in that movie. I was like, maybe Jake Gyllenhaal and Okja, Okja. <laughs> You know, with the mustache. I don't, I don't recall. Uh, I've never seen Okja. N- neither have I. I just remember what he looks like in that movie. Right, let's go take a look here. Um, you think that one's a little more fitting? No. No? Man, that's quite the suit. I have nice suits too. Yeah. Hey, Jarrett. Yeah. Do you think I look like Jake Gyllenhaal? <laughs> more like Jake Gyllenhaal or uh, Mel Gibson? Um... Let's, hey, let's, you know let's 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 uh, let's let's check the emails. You okay. know why? You know why? Why, Jer? Because we have nine emails. Ooh, fuck! Hey, you know what though? You know what it would take for me to get to read the emails, Jer? Ten. 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 That's right. So uh, I guess I have the day off. Well, creeped them fucked up again. I mean, it was it's it was that close. Whoever that one person who didn't email in is. They probably feel pretty bad right now. Well, I do see that Oliver did email in an image, but there's no text. There's nothing to be read. Well, I mean, once again, he's failed us. Damn he it. continues to disappoint us. Oh. But we'll, we'll get around to that. We'll, we'll talk okay. about those. We'll talk about those submissions. The what? The submissions. Ew. The, the okay. uh, or the substitute teachers, if you will. Whatever you want to call it. Yeah, the subs. The um, subs. Yeah. Let's just hit this. First email from our new listener, YouTube. Uh, Excuse me? Criterion Creeps, congrats on 1,000 subscribers. (gasps) Criterion Creeps, we always knew that this day would come, and we hope that Mm. you did too. You're doing amazing work, and we couldn't be happier for you. Now go share this GIF and the good news using hashtag 1KCreator. Wow. What was the gif of? It's like just saying 1,000 and it's got a bunch of bananas saying that that is bananas. And uh, I said, fuck off. And uh, <laughs> you said, get and the fuck out get, of here. Get, get out of here, you. Nice. Uh, who Who is that person? You? YouTube. That is literally YouTube emailing us. Oh, I thought. Oh. Mr. Tube. Well, I mean. Or now Mrs. that is bananas. I don't, know. I don't know. Hey, yeah, get out of here with those Ms. pronouns, you bigot. <laughs> Zer. Zerg. 
Uh, anyways, uh-huh. yeah, we, we, we did cool. it. We did it, RJ. And, Is that good? And well, it's it's weird too because it seems like once there's like these kind of um, imaginary uh, numbers that you hit, and instantly it opens up even more doors because like right after that happened, we have even more people. They're all now that we work about that one K, it just disappears, and it's just like whatever. Hmm. You're a big. You're big time now. Big ride boys. Big internet boys. Big internet boys. I I like the sounds of that. One thousand on our way to ten. Right? Am I right? Huh? Ten thousand or ten million. <laughs> or a global phenom, Jared. Yeah, I don't know ten, if you know that. Do ten million people buy Criterion's ever? Surely. I don't know. Surely. Thanks, Tube. Next up, <laughs> mm-hmm. Corpse. <gasps> corpse. We haven't heard from Corpse in many moons, Jarrett. <sighs> boy, oh boy! And many, many moons. Some, some days, uh, you don't know if you want to hear more. This this email is mm-hmm. entitled "Wait Till You See My Package." Ooh, is he uh, sending in a uh, physical mail as well? <clears throat> a physical mail. That's right. Mm, well, you sup, know what I mean. Sup, you creepy fucks. It's been mm. a few months, so I'm just going to get right down to business. First Uh-oh. off, by my calculations, RJ should be around four boxes of Raisin Crunch deep by now. And this mm-hmm. begs the question, how's the poops? See, I was thinking that it's harder to flush a big, healthy, brand-filled turd than it would be to flush a sickly, wet mm. shit. So maybe the Raisin Crunch has actually made the toilet clogging dilemma worse. What say you, Robert? I mean, it's always bad over here. I don't know if I can stress enough how bad it is. Uh, did I tell you that Andrea says my bathroom, like we have we have our own bathrooms, you know, because she doesn't want to go in mine. She said it looked like a truck stop one day. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, <laughs> you know exactly what I mean. It's all over the floor. <laughs> uh, I don't, I don't want to get in too many details in my private life, Jared. But um, I mean, I think the brand is helping. It's definitely making for a more balanced breakfast. But uh I don't think much is going to fix up uh, are, are the you, problem. Are I have. you four boxes down? Uh, I'm pretty close. I'm three. Oh man. Well, I'm I'm trying, man. That's I'm I'm doing good. I don't want to I don't I don't want to eat it all in one go. <laughs> then I, I can't savor it, Jarrett. Secondly, oh. I enjoyed listening to your unboxing episode the other day and was comforted in knowing that I'm not the only one who has found both of your home addresses online using social media and Google Street Views. Now mm-hmm. both of you can expect to see my package in the mail any day now. Thirdly, I was uh-huh. browsing some bizarre movie lists on Letterbox the other day and came across a peculiar little title that had been logged by none other than our very own Barnloaf. <gasps> I was hoping that Robert would be so kind as mm. to share with us his thoughts on the brilliantly titled gay n-words from outer space is oh. this is this a creep recommend or just one of his many guilty pleasures uh i can't say it's creep certified because I, I, you I have d- not seen well i have not though it is tagged a Jarrett pick <laughs> uh which is fa- fascinating uh, as i <laughs> never recommended this film to you or anyone you probably did no i didn't but uh, there, there it is. So uh, you know my boots takes. Is, is is this a creep recommend? I knew it. You did talk about it on an episode at some point. Did I? Yeah, very briefly. I think I may have. Yeah. Um, I think it was probably you. Probably told me to watch it, so I did. But and I, then it's no, a chair pick. No. What do you mean? You're a big fan of Morton Lindbergh. <laughs> the biggest. Morton Lindbergh is going to be on my uh, death Deadpool from now on. Now that Kirk's gone. There you go. Do you do you want me to talk about this movie? Do you want to talk about it? What can you say about it's, it? What do you recall? It's a, 
it's a 30 minute uh movie about uh it's it's a bunch of uh african-american men on a spaceship talking about being gay with other things oh uh that's that's the entire movie. It's it's like not even half an hour long. It's just them flying around. They try to make it spacey a little bit, but um, I don't know. They're just like, let's get away from girls, and then uh, that's it. Yeah, I watched it because of the title, cool. uh, and it was available for free on the internet. So I was like, I'll check it out. But no, it is. Uh, was this like? Was now is this on Pornhub? It was on a hub. I see. Do you know what I mean? I think it was Christian Mingle. <laughs> um but no it uh it's not it's not worth watching just knowing the name and that it exists is enough you know I what i mean George? Gotcha. i got you mm-hmm. finally i end the email by answering a question from a month or two ago rj had been talking about how he finds it intrusive when people ask him if he has any plans or what he's up to and i get yes. my smart ass reply from the movie house party with kid and play there's a scene where a man is walking down the street at night and is approached by two police officers who ask him what he's doing out so late and the man replies i'm minding my own fucking business that's what i'm doing i've always mm-hmm. loved that response <laughs> to use it on my coworkers all and i use it on my coworkers all the time have a good one fellas and creep it real sincerely corpse Mr. Corpse hitting us with those uh, those big, big times. I, I like his response, too, because you know what? I still am offended by this stuff, except it, it did come out in uh, my favorite the other day. So I was at the liquor store and uh, they're like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, it's my birthday, motherfuckers. And they're like, oh, we'll give you 10 percent off. And I was like, damn right. So that worked. But usually I I can't stand it. I should. Should I do the corpse approach to it and just be like, none of your fucking business? Maybe. Jared's yeah. stunned too. What do you think Corpse does for a living? Uh, professor? <laughs> Sounds about right. Sci- scientist? Scientist? I don't, I, I don't know. It's nice to hear from him, though. I wonder where he got your address from. Uh, on the internet. No, no one's safe. Hey, for the right dollar, I'll give anyone your address. There you go. Mm-hmm. Next up, Scott Bailey. Ooh, George Scott Bailey. That's right. Uh, he sent us an article, uh, a, sc- a screenshot of an article uh, entitled Flying Bear Kills Two Canadians. Hmm. Uh, and he writes, I hope this wasn't you guys. I hope you get this picture. Uh, I then went and investigated this story because I did not recall it. And I'm like, flying bears killing two Canadians. Uh, so this <laughs> is a reference to a story from June of 2011 in uh, Quebec. Two mm-hmm. Canadians died instantly in a freak accident when a car hit a 440-pound black bear and mm. sent the animal flying straight through the windshield of an oncoming vehicle, local media said Wednesday. The bear's body hit the 25-year-old driver and a 40-year-old man sitting behind her and then shot out of the back window. The bear mm-hmm. also died. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's too bad. We don't see this very often. Even if we live in the country, lots of deer, but collisions with a bear and two people died? That's really rare, police uh, spokesman Mm. Martin Fornell told the Canadian Broadcasting Corps. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, So, no, we're not dead, Scott. Not yet. But, actually, uh, something like that happened to my cousin. She had a moose come in through her windshield once. Good God. Yeah, she was in the hospital for a long time. It was pretty scary. Yeah. So, it's it's a real thing, my man. It happens. Got to keep your eyes peeled out there, folks. Watch out for those moose. So last week I saw a movie called They Call Me Bruce. I thought it was pretty funny. I was wondering what comedies you guys enjoy. 
Oh, is that still George Scott Bailey? Yes, that's right. Uh, I like all sorts of comedies. <laughs> uh, right? <laughs> Damn right. So this is this is fascinating. I'm actually surprised to see that Uncut Gems isn't considered a comedy. Like, a, is it a black comedy? I laughed. Would you, would you put PTA's movies in uh, in the comedy section? Some of them. Some of them. I agree. I agree. Would you put happiness in the comedy section? Yes. What about Turner and Hooch? Sure. I just went to the my grandparents' movie list, and uh, this is full of comedies that I like. Turner and Hooch. Twins. A Jarrett pick. Uh, what else do we got in here? <laughs> Old Durham. Huh? Another Jarrett pick. Hey, yeah. isn't that going to be in the collection, Jarrett? It is. What about Dennis the Menace? A great film. Great. Great comedy. See, I'm trying to. Look, I'm using this here. Uh, I like most of my comedy. I prefer in TV form. I will say. Uh, yeah, sure, sure. What's like your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show comedy. Yeah. Hmm. Of recent times. Just in general, it doesn't have to be number one. It can be like your top three. Oh man. Well, I mean, I'd say that like you know, Simpsons seasons. Uh, hey, yeah. Half of season two, three through seven are mm-hmm. pretty amazing. Uh, yep. And after that, I mean, for like the more contemporary stuff, I mean, you have your you have your British stuff that I really like, uh, like the original Office, the re- remake of mm-hmm. Office, Parks mm-hmm. and Rec's pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, Arrest Development, Community, One to Three, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you for the most part. I would say uh, Arrested Development seasons one to three though, because that new stuff I just can't get on board with. But uh, I'm with you a lot. With Simpsons, Parks and Rec, and uh, what was that other one you just said that I like a lot? It's Always Sunny. It's Always Sunny. Hell yeah, man. Those are good good quality shows. Oh, hell yeah. You know what I like a lot too, which I feel like doesn't get enough credit, is Futurama. Oh, yeah. Futurama is a great show. I mean, it was another one of those things that I wish kind of it ended before. Yeah. Because those movies weren't so good, and it kind of petered out toward the end of its run, but the original series is like pretty good stuff. Oh, and King of the Hill. Oh, what are we, fucking chuds? Yeah. The, probably the best comedy show of all time, King of the Hill. I still like uh, <laughs> Faulty Towers. Uh, I mean, we talked about the, I'm not even concluding like the Farley Brothers stuff. The the, yeah. the original trilogy of theirs is uh, pretty great. Uh, Old South Park is really good. Uh, Mike Judge, anything Mike Judge is involved with is going to be good. Top quality. Top quality. But I, still have to, I still have to get into that Silicon Valley I only ever watched like the first season and I wasn't like super into it, but you know, know what? It kept we going. watched, we watched all of it until this new season, which is the last season. Yeah. And, uh, I was, I asked Andrea, I was like, do you want to keep watching this? And she was like, nah. And I was like, okay, fine. I'm not even going to watch it on my own. It's okay. But at the same time, it's, you should just rewatch King of the Hill or dirty work or dirty. That's, work. That's the answer that he's looking for. Best comedies, Dirty Work <laughs> by Bob Saget. There you go. Huh? Hopefully that kind of answers some of that. Probably uh, not. Probably not. Rob Eagle. Ooh. Hey, has he ever written in before? He I has. know he's active yeah, on the yeah, Facebook. Yeah, 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 he has. Okay. Yep. Uh, hi, Creeps. 
I had idly speculated about the faces behind the voices on the podcast. Indeed, many months ago, I posted a cartoon of how I imagine you guys on Facebook, a cartoon I've now recycled for your Super Duper Creeps t-shirt contest. Last week's YouTube revelation unmasks RJ as less the wide-eyed cherub I'd previously envisioned, rather the face one sees on live news broadcasts while shocked neighbors chorus. We didn't see much of him. He pretty much kept to himself, as in the background guys in white forensic suits are digging up the yard, pausing occasionally to shout, hey, we found another one. Of course, you were only jesting about the competition, but I like a challenge. Keep on creeping, creeps. Rob Eagle. Oh, Rob, this was no jest. This is no jest, Rob. This is, uh, could it be the actual start of something bigger? I was going to give it away, but never mind. And yes, it is not, it is no jest. And, um, you know, I, I've been called, since this has happened, I've been called an incel. I've been called a murderer, and I've been called a great number of things that uh, I don't know if I, I think are really fair. Do you know what I mean? Are, aren't they fair, though? Are they? Am I all those things? George <laughs> <laughs> jo- Holsheimer. Oh, well, it's nice to hear from uh, George <laughs> Bailey and Corpse and... Rob. And Rob Eagle. And uh, now we have our Lithuanian friend, Mr. George Holschweiner. Swedes for my sweets. Ooh. After listening to the episode, I often plan to write in an email and watch the movie for next week. But before you know it, it's Thursday morning already and the cycle yep. repeats. <laughs> yep. But here I am writing Wednesday evening. I haven't seen the movie or the entry of Jackson's list, but I look forward to the episode. I once Thanks. again express my admiration for the strict schedule that you're keeping up for all this time. Well, thank you. Mm, thank you. Now for some disappointment. Jonas Mekas is not my grandfather. <laughs> oh man. Well, okay, he doesn't have to email in anymore with that kind that level of yeah. just letting us down. Sad. After watching the unboxing video, it was nice to put a face to your voices. I'm not good at drawing, so I did not enter the competition, but I mostly imagined less beards. Hey, I gotta say, if he thinks that he's not good at drawing, I think that's even more reason to enter. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Do, do you know what I mean, Jer? Mm-hmm. Since mm-hmm. you were lamenting the other week about the fact that you're forced to pick movies from the bottom shelf, I thought I could give you some European tips. Ooh. Things that you might have missed. I'll start with one from my best of the decade list. I saw that none of you have seen any of the movies of Robert Ostland. He is also a Swede, so ties in nicely with the Bergmans. I think Play is his best so far, and it's not mm-hmm. a breezy watch. Force Majeure and The Square are at least four-star movies as well. And finally, congratulations on getting 1,000 subscribers <gasps> on YouTube. Have a good one. George. Did it was nice to hear from our Lithuanian friend. Did he get an email from uh YouTube also? I don't know. Doubtful. But but hey, huh. I've I've heard of uh that force majeure and the the square. Have Are those you? good? They're uh I've heard good things. Yeah, I isn't uh didn't they just do a remake of Force Majeure with Will Farrell? It's a isn't it like a ski lodge comedy or something? <laughs> I'm I'm be, I'm being 100% I, I don't serious. Even, with I you. have no idea. It's like uh it's a movie with Will Ferrell and um uh Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Okay. And it's a remake of Force Majeure. I swear. What is it called? Downhill. Yeah, I see. Okay. Nat uh-huh. Fax Nat Faxon. Nat Faxon? I like Nat Faxon. He's all right. What the fuck is that? I have no idea what that is. Who is that? He's only directed two things. Who Nat Faxon? Yeah. 
He's an actor. Is he? Yeah, you ever seen Beer Fest? Oh, I've seen Jim Rash. I know that guy. I've yeah, seen, not Jim I've Rash. Seen, I've seen that community. Nat Faxon's in tons of stuff, dude. He's a he's like an actor, but he's also um he does a, like a lot of writing. Okay. Well, I've seen three things that he's in. Uh, Walk Hard. Ugh. Uh-huh. Uh, Orange County, which I haven't seen since it played in theater in 2002. That's good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I've seen Beer Fest. You haven't seen Club Dread? Nope. Ooh, Club Dread's pretty good, dude. Oh, he's also in the Slammin' Salmon. Yeah, he's in a lot of those Broken Wizard movies. But he's, but not, he's, but he's not in uh, Super Trooper. What's up with that? He, he's not. He came after. He, I but, think well, there was, super, was there was Super Trooper 2. He's not in that one either. No. Maybe he's busy directing Force Majeure remakes, dude. I guess so. I, I, I guess. I don't know if the there is it actually a remake. Allegedly. Hey, I went to his IMDb just because I was on there anyways. And it, get a load of this uh, description on IMDb. Faxon spent his early childhood living in the seaside community of Manchester by the sea, who is located in which is located in Manchester, uh, his birthplace. And then listen to this sentence, Jarrett. He is white by ethnicity, <laughs> and his nationality is American. Wow! Very detailed description on the uh, the IMDb here. White by ethnicity. Unbelievable! What a time to be alive. What were we talking about? I don't even know anymore. Who were we talking about? While well, we were finishing up with, uh, Ru- oh, George Hofschmeier, Rube Ruben Ostland. I thought there was who's, this, who's this. I thought this was Robert guy. Is this the same name, Ruben? What are you? What are you talking? I have no the, idea. The, what's the, going the on. director of the Square Force Majeure and play, Ruben Ostland. Oh. I don't know. I'm confused. R. Ostland. Any case, I'll check these out. I don't know when. I mean, what? Are, what even are I mean, words? They're on Netflix. Absolutely. Are they? I have no idea. You find that oh. out. Okay. I'm not gonna look. All right then. Next up, <laughs> Sam Sanchez. Ooh, baby. I uh, <laughs> what? Uh, I have now seen your faces. <laughs> oh, is that all it is? I think I should have just taken your advice, accepted the mystery, and left it up to my mm. imagination. Yeah. Jarrett, while it doesn't really look as expected, more or less can match the voice, and I can get used to that. RJ, to his credit, <laughs> I can at least <laughs> picture that man talking about his love for butt crack and thunder pants, <gasps> just in a different voice. Don't really have no. anything else this week, so I'll just keep it short and sweet with that. Hmm. There's this, like, the way he says it. It's, it's RJ Ellipsis, to his credit. What, what does that mean? What does any of it mean, Jared? I'm so, I'm so broken down by people being disappointed with how I look. They're just like, that's not what I wanted. And it's like, what did you want? Oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't, so, yeah, it's, I don't know if... Uh, Frank gets into it and, and Justin, but we'll see. Because I don't know, what do you want to do with the uh, submissions we have so far? Uh, po- For uh, the, on the, post the shirt? Those, yeah, post those on the, the Instagram. Big boy I don't know, do people can people vote on Instagram or is that a Twitter thing? Uh, no, you can vote. I think you have to put it in uh, the stories portion. I see. But what do we, we have three different app or submissions now? Three total, yeah. Three total? Well, there's... One of them submitted more than one. Should you and me pick the one we like most? I, I think the one with both. I, I think it's got to have both of us on there. Oh, so the big boy rides one? Yeah. Okay. Okay. You figure I'm that in- out. I'm going to start reading uh, Frank's okay. e- lengthy email here. 
Mm-hmm. Banana and strawberry crepes. Hey there, Ooh. creeps. Hope you beautiful big ride boys have had a wonderful week. Baby. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. So recently, my brother bought me a ukulele, and I've been playing around with it, trying to figure it out. It got me to wondering, is there any possibility of you fellas starting a Criterion Creeps band, gracing the Creepsville music scene with some fine tunes? If you were to start a band, what instruments could you or would you play? What genre of music would you choose? And would all the songs be Criterion film related? Uh, The answer is no. I, I have an answer, Jared, because I've thought about this a lot, but I okay. I have to, before I say, I have to stress this is copyrighted, and if you, if anyone goes out there and tries to steal this from me, you'll be hearing not just from my lawyers, but from far worse than lawyers, Jared. So I've long thought of a band called uh, Ron Bob Yovi, and we would be a John Bon Jovi cover band. Uh, I would, of course, be the lead singer, and that's all we would sing. Probably just the one song, Living on a Prayer, over and over again. So my point, Jared, is, yes, I've thought, I've considered these things, but that's what I'd be doing. Ron Bobby Ovi. But not a Criterion Creeps band. No. Playing no. Creepsville, playing at the Slice, playing at the Owl. I mean, if people wanted to uh, meet me at the Slice in our hometown, I'll go and I'll I'll do a Criterion song, sure, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yeah, hey, hey, I have a potential meetup uh, possibility for people here. Maybe next week I'll talk about it. Okay. Um, yeah, I have like no musical inclinations whatsoever. I like listening to music, and that's about it. I played. You don't listen to music. I, I think I played like bells at a Christmas carol once, and uh, I think everyone had a recorder. That's about the end of it, though. Do you still? Do you still have that recorder? No. No. Those things start to smell real bad. What were you doing in your recorder that well, made it like, smell bad? You're just like spitting in it. And you're like, not supposed to. Well, you do. Like, oh. how, how else do you like blow into things after a while? You just it just starts dribbling out, and it smells like ugh, horrible. I hate recorders. What did you just say, Jared? Second question, a little serious. <laughs> uh-huh. After watching Kenneth Sataki. 270 years of resistance. I began mm-hmm. to wonder how the presence of Native Americans has affected your side of Canada, and also hmm. if Jarrett remembers hearing about the Oka crisis as a kid. The presence how? That they're here or in movies? <laughs> so this is a cute... Uh, yeah, there's a... There's a... There's an awkwardness to this question. so It, it might just be more, the, the way you read it. Maybe, but it's I'm reading what's written. So the power of the presence of Native Americans has affected your side of Canada. <laughs> well, um, so Creepsville kind of finds itself like, what, on the cusp of like one of the largest reserves in like the, the continent, like on the continent, I think. Sure. Yeah, it's really big. Um, it doesn't, uh, it's not so much how their presence has affected us as much as we have affected them. Mm. I, th- I think that's the, uh, that's, that's, that's the, the answer. That, that's the, that's the answer. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I think you could look up uh, Canada's um, reconciliation stance on first nations individuals and truth and reconciliation, truth and reconciliation. You'll get the, you'll, you'll, you'll get a lot to read. So yeah, uh, read you, about just go those, uh, you can read about Canada's uh, residential schools Mm-hmm. Uh, you can talk about uh, Canada's, you know, benign uh, genocide. Um, it's fun. Oh, sure. It's good. It's yeah. good. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if you, RJ, remember anything about Oka. I think you were... Uh, Okia, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie? Yes, like Okja. 
But uh, <laughs> sorry, but, keep going. Yes, but uh, yeah, when I was a kid, it was just like this thing happening, and I had no no idea what was happening at all when I was a kid. And then when I watched that documentary, I was like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. And was thoroughly sh- ashamed of uh, the Canadian military and police. And, uh, and, and, and the fun- yeah, I, I've I've never heard of it. Uh, I, I brought this documentary up like a year or so ago and said oh. you should really watch it. It's it's pretty amazing. Um, oh. but yeah, and it's fun. Fun fact: uh, there's basically shit going down like it all over again right now, as they try to push through pipelines, and uh, people object, and uh, you know the courts just keep saying let them let them build the pipelines, you guys, and uh, they're like no. And so, yeah, it's all, it's just heating right back up again in a different mm-hmm. form. It's uh, it's not going away, but. Well, Jared, I don't know if you know this, but the world is a bad place. That is, uh, that is not inaccurate. I see all these, all the time people are like, I just saw someone give a homeless man a cheeseburger. My faith in humanity is restored. And I'm like, no, everyone's really bad. I bet that homeless guy threw that burger at a bird or something. Or, I mean, someone else would just buy burgers and throw those at birds just because they can, man. Frank continues. After watching the documentary, I began to search for other historical events of the same nature and ended up getting emotional reading about the massacre of Wounded Knee and the Highway of Tears. There's not Mm. a large enough presence here in the eastern lower half of the United States, so I'm sad to say that I've only ever met one person with Native American ancestry, and they knew little to nothing about their own family history. Hopefully, when I'm in Costa Rica, I'll learn more about the Native American tribes still present there. Um, Yeah, there's a really great book that if uh, people want to check out, it's called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee. That book, oh, yeah. will, that that book will uh, open your eyes to the uh, the the different kind of genocide that the U.S. government uh, perpetrated back in the uh, 19th century and mm-hmm. set the things up for the next century. But yeah, pretty pretty good stuff, compelling stuff. And there's uh, a yeah. Sorry, I'm gonna cut you off. Yep. <laughs> for no reason other than I, I oh. just started talking. Y- yes. Uh, you can finish about burying my heart at wounded knee. Oh, great, great book. And uh, people should check it out. And there's there's like a mediocre HBO adaptation of it. It's like a miniseries. Yeah. I was, uh, there's also in uh, Turtles in Time, that Super Nintendo game, also that arcade, there's that level that's Bury My Heart at, or Bury My, bury sh- my bur- Shell. Bury My Shell at Wounded, wounded Knee. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, appropriation. Uh, what was I going to say? Oh, no, I was going to say that that's on Crave because it's HBO, but they also like, Crave kind of has a, a little subsection of like indigenous first nations movies. Uh, I saw it on there one time and I was like, huh? And I think it's cause it's Canadian. So if Frank's actually interested, uh, like Canadian movies about this stuff, because I mean, Canada's trying to make up for killing all those people. So they make movies, I guess. Some, I, I don't know. My favorite was smoke signals from the 1998. Yeah. You guys can check that out if you want. It's got Adam <laughs> Beach in it, Jarrett. Uh, yeah. Actually, uh, dance, and dance. Tom Skerritt. So there's another movie that like is darker than uh, Smoke Signals. It's called uh, Dance Me Outside. That is a Bruce oh, yeah. McDonald movie, mm-hmm. and this gives you a, a nice little snapshot of the uh, the life of uh, reserves in Canada, and mm-hmm. yeah. Dark, dark shit. I mean, there's all sorts. It's also a you comedy. Get, come up. You guys can watch them with Jarrett. I mean, yeah. 
Why not? There you go, mm-hmm. folks. Yeah, there you go. Cool. Okay. Uh, onward, forward. Oh, yeah, you know what? Uh, yeah. Another good documentary for on this topic uh, called Real Engine, R-E-E-L, mm-hmm. Engine, documentary mm-hmm. from 2009. Mm-hmm. Also worth checking out. Apparently uh, directed by or co-directed by a guy named Neil Diamond. The Neil Diamond? Uh, a man named Neil Diamond. This, okay. this, this Neil Diamond is a uh, Cree filmmaker from Montreal. That's cool. Hey, you know what we forgot to bring up, though? Uh, there's the movie, the hit uh, movie about truth and reconciliation starring Kirk Douglas called The Indian Fighter. Oh. Um, <laughs> That's oh, also oh no. a movie that exists in the world. Yeah. So you could watch that. Truth. Yeah. Anyways, final, huh? final question. Fruits uh-huh. and cereal. Is that something you guys do, or is it a no-no? I'm a banana and strawberries and my Frosted Flakes kind of bloke, so yep. Oh, and I Mm. don't mean raisins. I don't consider that a fruit, mostly because in middle school they were used as projectiles during the Great Cafeteria Wars. But that's a story for another day. Mm. Uh, I know you don't like fruit because you're weird or something. I don't. Uh, Well, and I don't really eat cereal. You don't eat cereal? No. Why are you a bad guy? I, I mean... I like cereal, but I just don't do it because I find that it's really difficult to stop once I start. So the dude, the the obvious answer is just don't stop. Right. Yeah. Kind, kind of like that movie Feed, or ta- oh, sure. or, or perhaps uh, Taxidermia, or thinner, <laughs> or thinner. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like bananas in cereal, but it's got to be certain cereals. Like, you can't just be putting bananas in like Fruit Loops or yeah. something. That'd be that'd be crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, this this Frosted Flakes and it's like too much sugar already. Just, yeah. give, just, give, know, me the, just give me the flakes, and I'll eat my banana later. You know what's you know what's pretty good, Jared? Is uh, you get some honey shreddies. You cut a banana into that bad boy. Ooh. I do bananas, but I've never done anything crazy. Like, I didn't put like a whole walk like cantaloupe in there or something. Hope you guys have a good episode and a good Uh rest of the week. Again, sorry Uh for the misleading title. Maybe next time we'll discuss the crepes. Keep those toes crossed, boys. The what? Okay. Justin Peterson. Ooh, baby. Hey, crepes, what's happening? As a Cub Scout leader, I'm in the Mm -hmm. middle of an exhausting two months where I have already been on two campouts and I have two more to go. Were you guys ever in scouting or fans of camping, The Great Outdoors? Uh, I love the movie, The Great Outdoors. <laughs> um, yeah, no, never, uh, never did scouts. Never did that. Um, I don't know why. You've never been outside. Period. Well, that's true. I, I've been. I just. I've just watched movies and drew like on the floor of my bedroom and played NES. That's what I did. Uh, I was a huge indoor kid, but it was because I had to be outside a lot where, uh, like, I don't know, I, I didn't grow up on a farm, but we, we had farm stuff. So I would always have to go work farm life. And I was like, I don't want to be outside anymore, but I would go to camp Columbus, Waterton, Alberta, man, summer camp. I went there for like, I don't know, six summers out of my life. I, uh, I I used to go camping with my parents, but it was like, never like, I've only slept in a tent, like. A couple times ever. The rest of it was always uh, sleeping in a camper. 
But I do remember going camping in grade five and uh, was actually just talking about this not that long ago. Uh, The thing that sticks out at me at this point is some old man came and told uh, campfire ghost story types of things. And -hmm. he was talking about the goat man. Oh, shit. I know the goat man. Yeah. Uh, The mad trapper. See, I don't remember like any element of the goat man story, but I do remember Uh, him like he'd like roll rocks onto people. And oh, I, I got you. I got you, man. I know Mad Trapper like nothing. So there's this place in Waterton where uh, you can go up and camp and there was a cabin and the ground underneath was hollow. Like you can go and you can see underneath and you can stomp on it. The ground's hollow. So the folklore, Jarrett, is that uh, there was this man, the Mad Trapper, and there's a few iterations. One is that he just went crazy and went under the underground and killed people and ate them. The other is that a rock fell on him, squished the, the back end of his body or the lower half. He got a goat, killed it, and then put the goat legs on. Oh, yeah. He fused, he fused with the goat. <laughs> he fused with the goat. Yeah. And then uh, and then he became the Mad Trapper, and then he went around. Okay. So, see, I always imagine that he was, perhaps was like, born out of like a, a dalliance with pan and some fair maiden and uh out, out came a uh this this entity that should not be and he he haunts the uh mm. the the waterton landscape and he looks and he, he looks for uh livestock that's a pretty nerdy way to put it but uh, and, uh i mean he, and he gathers he gathers us up and see it's, it's more like a horror uh really shitty rob zombie movie in my mind Oh, like a like a people farm. It could be yeah. if you work hard enough. One day. Um, what was I gonna say? Uh, I'm sure that iteration exists too in the world. Maybe. But yeah, Just I know in my all head. About, in your head. Yeah, I used to go camping a lot, my man. What do you need to know? Shit, we were camping the other day. That's not true. In your rumpus room. Sure. Yeah, we used to camp out a lot. With the Criterion Collection right. finally bringing the Grand Budapest Hotel into the collection, I finally gave it a rewatch, and other than the Fantastic Mr. Fox, it is the only one of his films I have loved every time I've seen it, and now I pretty much love them all. How would you mm-hmm. rank his films, and were there some that grew on you and others you didn't like as much the second time? You can also check out my ratings rankings here. And it's just on, uh, what is it, Peterson J 198 is his account on Letterboxd. People want to check it out, his Wes Anderson ranked list. I have one mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I mean, it's not the most interesting thing. I don't make, I don't think I have a pro- public or anything like that. Because like mm-hmm. almost like all his movies are good. I mean, my absolute least favorite, I th- still Auto would Rocket. say, is Moonrise Kingdom. Ah, that's a hot take. I don't know. I I never was crazy about that one. Yeah, I um I know you didn't much like that one. Uh, I uh I think I told you when I watched Grand Budapest for the first time, I wasn't really like blown away by it i was like it's fine whatever i have i've never watched it again though so look here yeah that's definitely the moonrise kingdom stuff's my least uh ball rockets down there uh darjeeling limited uh then like isle of dogs i would want to rewatch. uh but then yeah like i mean royal tenenbaums fantastic mr fox grand budapest hotel life aquatic and rushmore are all like absolutely amazing movies so yep yeah, I like them all too. I think uh, I've said before. I think Tenenbaums is the best, but I do like Life Aquatic the most. What does that mean? I don't know. You don't it's love a that, non-answer. You, you don't love that Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, I do like that Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's good stuff too. It's pretty fantastic. I like them all, man. You know which one I actually liked more on rewatch was Rushmore because I watched it when I was like 
Oh yeah. Younger and I don't think I got got it. Uh, I definitely totally. think Life Aquatic I liked more the second time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, because so the first time I went to go see it, the the film like fucked up like twenty minutes in, and we had to, like we got a refund. It had to like come back the next day, and it was like right around Christmas. Oh, it sucked so much. Did you go back though? Yeah, because I wanted to see the movie. But yeah, that that was that mm. was uh, not a positive time. But yeah, yeah. and Darjeeling Limited I never saw in theater for whatever reason. Because uh, mm-hmm. you're bad dude. I, I'm a bad dude, and I guess you, you include the uh, the short films in there: Hotel Chevalier, sure. Castello Cavalcanti, and Cousin Ben Troop Screening, which is also not good because it's Moonrise Kingdom related. <laughs> Is and like, bad? and this is saying like Moonrise Kingdom is like a three star movie. Like that's so in I, Wes Anderson terms yeah. or in general terms. Eh, Wes Anderson and probably in ge- more in general terms. Mm. It's kind of like uh, someone commented on YouTube saying that they're surprised we're not that big of fans of The Master, and I'm like, well, The Master is still like a, you know, seven mm. out of ten. That's pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, m- most of P.T. Anderson movies are like nine Better. and nine and ten out of ten. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking of that. Maybe I'll rewatch it one of these days because uh, a lot of people, other than my appearance, people have been talking to us about the master most. Yeah, recently. absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, well, and you should also rewatch that Grand, Grand Budapest Hotel. That movie, uh, I think, will impress you. Well, I'll have to in 18 years. It's true. You know what I mean? Once again, Justin continues, mad respect for tackling the criterion spine numbers in order. But Mm -hmm. if you had to cheat to do at least to do uh, a later spine number now, what would it be? I would love to listen to or potentially co-host an episode on all that jazz since that's a movie that I should have loved, but just did not since I hated the main character. Uh, I mean, I I saw uh, all that jazz once. Mm -hmm. I thought it was I.E. I just Criterion uh, Collection. Let's see. I just referenced that movie again, like a, a couple of days ago. Uh, it's Showtime. You did? Yeah. I don't know why, but that, oh, that, I got that, an answer. I, I love that. I, I don't know. I, I like Rush Hour. I like. No, I don't love it, but it's really good. Mm. Do you have an answer for this question? I, I pulled a little pile out. Okay, I just looked over at my shelf because uh-huh. I was like, "What? What do I?" want to like rewatch again and they're all mm-hmm. movies i think i've talked about at some point but uh maybe one that's a bit more surprising uh john houston's wise blood starring mm-hmm. brad duriff mm-hmm. god's favorite son yes uh that i want to like that movie is ugh, so different than anything you'll ever see uh i would love mm-hmm. to talk about uh blood simple on the Ooh, show yeah that is uh spine 834 and wise blood is 470 Sweet Smell of Success, which is Spine 555, so a long ways away. But that Mm -hmm. movie, uh, I've only seen once, but I I can't believe how good that movie is. That Mm -hmm. and Seconds, I guess. And then, of course, my uh, two Zary Wygoffs, Terry's Wygoffs, Crumb Mm -hmm. and Ghost World. Yeah, those are good picks. Well, Ghost World's a long ways away. That's 872. Crumb is 533. I mean, you could just watch them on your own. I, and I probably will. I mean, I actually I have not watched Crumb in the Letterbox era, so that's a really long time, mm. long overdue. Considering yep. there was a period of time where I was like watching that probably once a week for like a couple of years. That and, once and a week, seriously, I put that thing on all the time. I love the music in it. I have, I have the soundtrack. No, I watched in Ghost World. There's like a handful of movies I could even post that movies I've watched the most in my life. Uh, those uh, would, those would be in there. 
Fargo, Big Lebowski, a lot of Coens. The stuff you should make and that list. Casino. That those are all those are all things I've seen quite a bit. Dumb mm-hmm. and Dumber. Mm-hmm. Make that list. Make my that man. list. I will. Fine. Hey, do you know what my answer would be? What? Spine one thousand. Gojira. Watch all fifteen Godzilla movies. I see yeah. that uh, Sam Sanchez is kind of doing that. Yeah, I would do it just to flex on the haters. <laughs> I uh, actually it inspired me to start ranking the Godzilla movies, but it's been f- almost four years since I watched all of them at one time, mm-hmm. and it's it's like there's re- it's really hard to remember the differences between them. So I'm mm-hmm. kind of glad I did give star ratings to like yeah. suss out kind of a feeling. But mm-hmm. yeah, there's a, that's a lot of that's a lot of Zilla. Yeah, for something or, uh, like that, you got goddamn Zatuichi. <laughs> Ooh, the Blind Swordsman. Watch all twenty five of those. Shit, I could do that in a day. Well, good luck. Shit. I go, won't. I'm just saying I could. Goat <laughs> movie question of the week. Uh huh. What is the best cult classic of all time? I would go with Monty Python and the Holy Grail since it is one I actually found out about from people talking about it in high school and then watching it for the first time felt like a totally new experience. Uh, I'd go Eraserhead. For cult movies? Yeah. Cult classics. I I guess like, I I guess I'm saying when I hear cult classics, I'm thinking like midnight movies more than Mm -hmm. anything. I mean, for, for all cult movies, it's, it's kind of harder to narrow down. Uh, but yeah, like the ones that come up often are like Eraserhead, Holy Mountain, El Topo. Oh, look, Kenneth Anger again. Pink Flamingos, RJ. John, that good? John Waters movies. Oh, you love them. I mean, but you have like Night of the Living Dead, which is a movie I would also love to talk about in the Criterion Collection. It's there, is it not? It is. That's another one I would add to that list. Okay, so I tried to look at a list on Letterboxd, and it was real shit. Yep. So I went to uh, Cinemassacre for their camp cult list. Yeah. I'll pick one out of here. Um, Ernest Scared Stupid. That doesn't count, does it? I don't know. If it does, that's my answer, but I feel like that shouldn't count. Eh, no, nah, I'm not getting anything out of this. I don't really know. Okay. I, that's a non-answer, but I don't, I don't, I don't know. Thanks, Jared and RJ, and have a great show. Thank you, Justin. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Finally, we have Colin Richards. Ooh. His email entitled, You Finally Did It. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Uh-oh. As this was sent, like, mere minutes before we started recording. Uh, Mm -hmm. What it's about? (laughs) I don't know. Hey there, creeps. Haven't checked in for a while since I got a new job and recently moved into a new place. My movie watching has been slacking lately, but hopefully that means I'm just around the corner from a Frank Solano-esque uptick in viewing. It seems the media has finally caught up to the fact that y'all killed Kirk Douglas years ago. (laughs) In honor of his memory, Mm -hmm. what are some of your favorite movies he was part of? Paths of Glory is my obvious pick, but for a sleeper pick, I'll go with 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. First time, long time, Colin Richards. By God, it's good to hear from people for the first time, even if it's in a long time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, yeah. this is actually something I should have thought of before we started. I should pick a, a Kirk Douglas. I mean, it's going to be hard to... Paz of Glory is like the top of the pop. Yeah. Ace in the hole, though. Ace in the hole. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jared, I don't know I don't know what I was thinking, but I, I, ty- I thought I typed in Kirk Douglas, and I typed in Kirk Blood. I, I don't really know why. Am I subliminally killing him again? Maybe. What is going on here? Okay, yeah, Paths of Glory. And 
I haven't seen Ace in the Hole. Wow. You should, it's Billy Walder. Uh, yeah, I like Billy Wilder. I think he's like a out of the pass is good. I, I I'd have to rewatch it though. It's been forever since I've seen it. But yeah, Pass of Glory. I mean, it's uh, and the, oh, of course, is the, there is the the Fury, the Brian De Palma movie, mm-hmm. um, where he's the lead in it versus John Cassavetes. Ooh, I uh, have your copy in my possession right now. Yeah, I wish I could uh, watch that, but too bad for you. That's that. Hey, do you know Andre De Toth, director of House of Wax? Yes, I do. Do you know what Kirk Douglas movie he directed? Which one? The Indian Fighter. Oh, there you go. Uh, I actually surprisingly haven't seen a whole lot of Kirk Douglas, so he was I also, mean, past- well, there's a, there's another Kirk Douglas. I've only actually seen like nine Kirk Douglas movies. Yeah, which is kind of weird. Uh, and there's a movie called The Big Sky, where I do believe he plays a quote unquote half breed. Uh, do you think he's Comanche? Uh, maybe. They, they agree, that's, or Apache, Comanche. You Apache. Some, some sort of helicopter. Do you remember that, that though? missiles. From uh, Hell or High Water, Ben Foster, when he's like, yeah. you a Comanche. Yeah. I, I know you like that movie. So much. Thank you all for the emails. Yeah, thanks uh, to all nine of you and not ten. So, because so you, have you uh, posted, have you put that uh, poll up yet? Uh, no, I, well, I didn't want to like, I didn't want to do it while we were recording. My attention I mean, and, would be. Who knows? Maybe if you know, other people get out their butts right away, we'll, uh, we'll take those into considerations. But I think for people who got their stuff out there, we got to put it out there. Okay. Well, when we, when we take a break, I'll, I'll okay. actually make a good post on Facebook and Instagram. Good. Yeah. Hey, RJ. Yeah. <laughs> what you been creeping on this week? Holy fuck, Jarrett. I don't know what happened. I watched kind of a lot of movies this week. Like, Do you know how that happened? Uh, I don't know. Unemployment? Hey, I'm employed, kind of. Have... I have a job that yeah. I go to during the day. Mm-hmm. Just, you know. I Actually, I have two jobs. So I'm the most employed. Actually, a lot of these were like five minutes. Okay, so I finished off my um, Criterion... Uh, um, sci-fi movies, right. the ones that I wanted, as many as I could get in. I did a little experiment. So I don't know if you know this, but on mobile, you can uh, you can like download movies on the app so that you can watch it offline. So I was trying to – I did an experiment. I was like, I wonder if I can download – because I was like, I don't know if these movies will be like deleted right at midnight or like taken off. So I downloaded one to see if it would be there the next day, and it wasn't. So I don't know where it is on my phone. It downloaded. It took like half an hour to download. Hmm. But it's gone now. Great. So I guess that's just like empty or like used memory I can never get back. Anyways, experiment. So to that, I won't actually even talk about that much. We're uh, THX 1138 by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Do you know this movie, Jer? Yep. What do you think about this movie? Well, okay. So the thing that sucks is the only version available nowadays is the special edition. Mm, the, so with the new stuff? Yeah. And uh, yeah. that's how I watched this. On the, There's like that one DVD with the shot of the ear. The, I don't know if oh, you've yeah. seen that. With like, it's like mm-hmm. Robert Duvall's head. And uh, yeah, I remember watching this and being like, oh, this is definitely a movie about people walking around in a white space. It's a really cool idea. Like, yep. and like visually it's like fascinating, but yeah, as a movie, it's a, I think he's got, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I don't love this thing. I don't yeah. love it. 
I'm with you. It's a it's a lot of really good ideas, and like even the the slow moving stuff, I don't mind that much. Like just washed out with white and like things not happening. I was like, that's kind of neat. And I think it. Uh, I like the ideas of where they go, where it's basically kind of like um, it's kind of like equilibrium. You know what I mean? Where they're like emotions. That like it's this one's more like love is the problem, but in equilibrium, they're like emotions are the problem. Let's take pills. So I didn't realize. I was like, whoa. Equilibrium's probably kind of about THX 1138. Neat. Neat, neat. Anyways, it's kind of not great, but uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? So anyways, do you know who Norman Jewison is? Canadian icon. Canadian icon, director of Jesus Christ Superstar. Moonstruck in the heat of the night. Yep. Uh, you ever heard of Rollerball? Yes, I have. Yeah. Uh, this is a movie that I think could be really cool, but yeah. it's just no. okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, James Caan is okay in it, but, like, I don't know if it's... I don't think it's the time, because I've seen more violent movies from the 70s. It's like, I wanted this thing to be a little more violent. Mm-hmm. But not like the remake, which was shot here yeah. in our hometown. That's right. Yeah, look it up, baby. My uh, sister saw LL Cool J at a Walmart when they were here, or when they were filming. Mm-hmm. She took a Polaroid picture of him, Jarrett. Wow. Uh huh. Hey, those, wasn't uh, what's his ass in there too? Uh, from American Pie. Yeah, Chris whatever Klein. his face. Is. Yeah, Chris, Chris Klein. Klein. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but no one took a picture of him. <laughs> I'm sure some people it's, did. Yeah, just LL Cool J because he shops at Walmart like us. That's right. So yeah, rollerball. Uh, again, it's got it's got cool stuff in it, but it uh, as far as these ones go, this is on the bottom rung of uh, those list of Criterion sci-fi films. Really? I think so. Like, I mean, it's not well, like I'm horrible sorry, I, I, or anything. Yeah, but... I don't know. Because I, I, I I'm not a fan of this movie either. Like, really yeah. much at all. I thought it was like fairly mediocre. And because like it's all these, it checks all these boxes that should totally be my thing. Yeah. Uh, like sports, dystopia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like. Man, when you put those together and you have like a like death sport, that's yeah. my that's my jam. Uh, I, I, I think mo- they just don't go for it enough. Yeah, pretty much. If that makes sense, yeah. like, and it's also kind of a porno. Like, I think they wanted it to be porn. Like, there's no sexy stuff in it, but like all the music's like, mm, mm, yeah, <laughs> you know what porn music sounds like. It sounds like this is like a nice uh, our first hit for the Criterion Creeps band. Uh, yeah. <laughs> porno uh no roller like that's what i mean rollerball's okay but uh uh it's it's better than what was the really bad one i watched not no blade of well no blade of grass isn't great but uh, it's weird i don't know anyways i got a lot to talk about hey you ever you know what's probably the top of the the pile the soylent green soylent green oh my god why didn't anyone tell me that this movie was really good like me did you say that i, I gave this movie four stars Oh, that's pretty high praise. Could have fooled me. I don't know. Yeah, Soylent Green is a uh, wicked good man. Yeah, like I, I, real I, good. I mean, I, I, I mean, it's uh, some, it's top shelf Charlton Heston. It's up there with. I mean, it's not Planet of the Apes good, but it's like just right below that. And uh, mm-hmm. high quality set like for seventy sci fi. I think it's like pretty great because like it's got the oh. the kind of Chinatown ish kind of conspiracy. I mean, we all know where it's going. Ultimately, mm-hmm. but the world's so well realized. Um, yeah, yeah, 
I don't know. Well, see, that's what I was going to say is even though I know what the ending is, it didn't like affect my viewing at all because I was watching. I was like, I know I know what the surprise is, but this movie is like I was like, this thing's really fucking good. Like, it's just a really well-made movie. Yeah. I made some notes, Jared, and I don't do this very often, but I didn't want to forget this stuff. Uh, fat guys guarding apartments with machine guns. Yep. Kids tied to mothers not to get lost in the mass people, but then being dead. Uh, dirty heat, broken artifacts of humanity, scooping humans into garbage trucks, yeah. and then IMAX suicide booths. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was watching this and I was like, man, I was like, I dig all of this stuff. Uh, I think it's really well done. All those things. Yep. All those things. You you really get a sense of like the overpopulation in this thing and then they just full-on squish humans with the garbage trucks and they like scoop them in they're like fuck you get yep. out of here we want just get bent and then even um like the food thing like you uh i don't know they do a really job building it up where it's like he has one salary and or one piece of celery and like a single lettuce leaf and that guy's just like crying he's like oh my god mm. he's like this is amazing so uh Better yeah, than, uh, it's better than Blade Runner 2049. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, no, Soy Green's really good, man. I was super surprised by it because I was like, I knew um, I knew people were like, yeah, Soy Green's good. And I'm pretty sure uh, you've probably talked about it once or twice, but uh, I didn't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yep. It's uh, like I said, I think it's the it's the action, probably the best one out of all those movies I was in there. I didn't watch like stuff like Mad Max or 2001 or Clockwork Orange, you know, right, sure. The obvious ones. Yeah, yeah. Out of the stuff that I've never seen. So I went green. OK, so what do you want me to do next? Because we kind of dabble in the same territory. A here. little bit here. Yeah. So you you went and watched like pretty well all the all, Saf- all the Safety brother shorts that are on uh on Criterion Channel, yep. which is which I wanted to do like a couple years ago when I was like kind of first like watching their stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is Daddy Longlegs on? It's not. It's it says it. That. So this is the really weird thing. It claims it is on that Just Watch thing, but it's not, uh, which is like frustrating for some reason. Like, I don't know. Anyways. But so, yeah, uh, tell me your experience watching these shorts. I only watched the one. The lone, was it the acquaintances of a lonely John? I only watched the why, one. Why did you? Uh, was there any reason why you picked that one specifically? I, it the it looked like a sad bastard pick. That's that mm-hmm. was it. So, uh, I knew um, like when Uncut Gems came out, I was like, I'm gonna watch that for sure. And I knew these were all on there. And I was like, well, fuck. They're like some of them are ten minutes long. I was like, I'll just blow through these bad boys. And like Goldman Silverman's only six minutes or something like that. I was like, I'll just watch all their shorts. And then uh, I actually had the time. I watched the. Uh, they didn't make it, but uh, the little documentary about them too. Right. So I threw them on. Um, it honestly, it didn't really take that long. It was like maybe an hour to watch all of these. Have you seen Good Time? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I believe uh, my letterbox review is just a link to a gif of bubbles saying greasy. Because, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, you, you get that in the little documentary. Um, Josh Safty talks about how he loves how grimy people think New York is. And he's just like, he's like, I think it's hilarious. He's like, because New York is dirty. He's like, yeah. so why not? And I was like, yeah, makes sense. Uh, so anyways, I watched all the shorts and I watched, uh, I just watched them in order. So I watched We're Going to the Zoo. And it was a little short where a big sister and little brother um, 
they stop on the side of the road uh like because they spill and unintentionally josh safty is there as a hitchhiker and they pick him up and they just kind of take uh take him for a ride for 10 minutes and it's just them hanging out um this was actually i think surprisingly the one i liked most out of all the shorts which is like there's not much to it it's just them kind of hanging out with uh, this drifter guy but uh i kind of liked it it was like a really i don't know all of these things in general they're just kind of all like looks of people like in a day-to-day slice of life slice of life stuff yeah which is definitely what acquaintances of a lonely john is about but uh i there's not really much to say about any of them but uh i actually liked we're going to the zoo quite a bit i was like that's nice i like it it's a nice little short um and then acquaintances of a lonely john and by the way before you talk about this in a in the documentary thing which is only 40 minutes long it's like not that long at all but the meet the filmmakers josh and benny safty on criterion channel it's a they actually just talk about like these shorts that they made and then uh, the movie um heaven is it heaven can wait or heaven knows what heaven knows what yeah they talk about that and then uh they they actually so it's during the filming of good time um they talk about all their shorts they're talking about as they're filming good time now and then they talk a lot about uncut gems actually because he came out in 2017 and they were talking about how like uncut gems was the movie they've always wanted to make and uh they're like it's finally happening and they're like that's really cool was i gonna talk about uh well while i'm on it the other thing about that is they talk about their complicated relationship with their dad which is what daddy long legs is about because Uh one of them one of them like really cherished him and the other one was uh as he puts it i think more pragmatic about it or he said something like i was more like matter of fact he's like he he used to manipulate us with movies because he they said that his their dad would be like this movie is about uh me and your mom and then he'd show them like kramer versus kramer so <laughs> like he they were saying they're like when they grew up they're like he was really like manipulating us so i was like oh okay but anyways they talk about all of them and uh so the next one i watched was acquaintances of a lonely john which you also watched yes that's the only uh short that i watched um mm-hmm. yeah because like so i've seen all their feature films now because uh, i saw pleasure of being robbed which is like 71 minutes mm-hmm. uh daddy long legs Heaven yep. knows what good time, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're like uh, really, really solid filmmakers. Their their stuff's like always uh, like it all kind of deals with the 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 squalor, I guess, the perceived squalor mm-hmm. of New York. Even though obviously they're uh, New York based filmmakers, or at least yep. live there, so they kind of mm-hmm. know it and live it. So they kind of play to those stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, that, the less yeah. like special. I mean, heaven knows what. I mean, it's about heroin addicts. Uh, yeah. fit, fits right into the drugs are bad category. Uh, all their mm-hmm. f- and now uh, with uncut gems, it fits nicely into the degenerate gambler territory that I'm uh, always fond of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, going back to watch um, one of their early shorts, it's kind of like just like yeah, I mean it's a student film. Mm-hmm. Like there's not much to really say about it. Yep, it's a uh, just a do like so he talks about it in the little documentary. Um, he said it was just. It was what he was doing. He lived in an apartment and uh, he said he like didn't sleep a lot at night because he had like night or he didn't sleep through the night or something like that because he had something to do. So he would just go down like downstairs and uh, the bottom of his apartment was like a gas station and uh, like he just hung out there. And one time he was like, I'm going to go upstairs. And the guy was like, why? And he's like, good point. So he just kept hanging out there. Like that's all it is. So 
anyways, then you roll into John's Gone, which is uh, another uh, of the Benny Safdie shorts. Um, it's him kind of like he's in a relationship and he this one's more about like the goings ons of an apartment building a little bit so he's there and he's like trying to sell stuff uh he's sell, trying to sell a computer to a guy who pops up in uncut gems he's one of the guys that gets a fake watch at one point um and i don't know there's not much that happens in this there's a monkey wearing a coat so it yeah. <laughs> Uh, I stumbled for a second. It's it's also not bad. It's better than uh, Acquaintances of a Lonely John, I think. Um, just kind of a dude living in his apartment, you know? And then, Jarrett, you have the Black Balloon. Have you seen this? I have not. This one kind of chronicles a balloon. So it's kind of a balloon flying around New York, and then it goes by people, and you see a couple minutes of what their lives are like, and then it flies on and goes by some other people. It's also good. More slice of life kind of stuff. Um, not really much to like narrow in on anything. You, I don't know. You see like kind of some of the stuff that they've been doing, and especially some of the things in Uncut Gems that they do with certain characters. It's like, yeah, I can see where they get this stuff. And then there's Goldman v Silverman. You haven't seen that, eh? I have not. So that one's uh, it's Adam Sandler, and he's like a street performer, and he's all gold. And then uh, Benny Safdie comes up, and he is a silver street performer. Um, and it's just like it's really short; it's only like six minutes. It's just their interactions together. It's good though. Uh, I had a, a friend say that he's like, "I wish that was like a whole movie." And it's like that would be cool, yeah, because it's. I mean, that's kind of like what the movies they make now are, anyways. Like a little more like higher stakes, but uh, would have been pretty cool. So anyways, that's all those things. And they uh, successfully juked my numbers and put me up about 10 extra films. So uh, that's nice. One of the beauties of uh, short films. One of the beauties of short films. But uh, no, they're they're all good. Like, I, I don't know if you're if you're not into shorts. And it's, like you said, some of them are very like, I don't know, like college class short films or something like that. They're not bad. But uh, if you're not into that sort of thing, you're not going to get anything out of it. So anyways. Yeah, pretty good. And then I watched another movie, but I think you also watched a movie. You mean that Uncut Gems that had its worldwide debut outside of America on Netflix? Yes, sir. Uh, on Friday, and everyone started watching it because it was going to play in theater here, but then uh, then they changed. Hey, it's going to come out a twenty four. Going to deliver to Netflix. One of the mm-hmm. last things that i guess a24 is doing with netflix well i I think they have a different deal with like uh their international markets than the u.s because i think that stuff's going to apple tv maybe well so like the thing that i always heard was that the 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 way that they countered where it's like american netflix just has so much more like like enormous amounts more is that canadian is supposed to get things before american right so i think like that's and then it is like an international thing where it's like international markets will get releases earlier but that means that they don't have as much i don't know i don't know dude i don't know how it all works but so anyway the opportunity to watch uncut gems presented itself and i saw people Mm -hmm. all over just watching it and watching it this is movies like a a real hype darling because it's a24 uh i don't know how like people do the legwork for them uh, mm-hmm. They promote the shit out of this stuff, and people really attach themselves to it. They uh, talk about how certain actors are being robbed 
of uh, mm-hmm. of Oscar nominations and, <laughs> and how movies are snubbed and such. Um, mm-hmm. But so I watched this uncut gems. Sure you did. And uh, this is a good movie. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I think it's good too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now I, I have some some qualms with sure. the, re- the reaction to the movie that because I saw a lot of people talking about how stress inducing this movie was and how anxious anxious they were watching it. Did you sure. did you feel that? At times, but there, not there, uh, not yeah. the whole route. It's all like, okay. I mean, we I've talked about this a thousand times. People are sick of it. Green Room. The, 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 I found that movie mm-hmm. like way more like. In stressful, that, in, in, stressful. I sweating, sweating in my t-shirt, making big pools under my pits, watching that movie. That did not happen with Uncut Gems, and I don't know if it's just like watching it at home, watching it like on a could be a small screen, and uh, I don't know. I thought it was like, yeah, it's good. If, I mean, this movie's uh, pushing like like a episode seven length. It's like two hours and fifteen minutes, which I was not expecting. I thought this was going to be mm-hmm. like for some reason. I thought this was going to be ninety minutes, but. It's not, yeah. but it's all like it, it didn't impact that. That part didn't matter too too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, second thing, I don't know if I'm that that in love with the performance of Adam Sandler. I don't. I see some people say that so, it's it's his best work, and to me, no. I'm like, no. I mean, no, no. That that's still for me punch drunk love. Uh, uh, indisputably, yeah, I, it's uh, punch drunk love. Yeah, th- this is I don't know. I I listened to Adam Sandler CDs when I was a kid. I listened mm-hmm. to, to the shit out of those. Uh, what the hell happened to me? Uh, You're all gonna laugh at me. Whatever they're whatever they're called. I listened to those a lot. And mm-hmm. there's like th- this is a character. <laughs> like this is like an Adam Sandler character. Um, honed down. Uh, it's mm-hmm. good. Like it's it's a very good performance. But yeah. I, I don't know if I – beyond that, though, I don't know. Well, so, like, it's kind of funny you say that because uh, Andrea said the exact same thing. She's kind of like – she's like, I don't know. She's like, he's good, but I yeah. don't know if he should get an Oscar. Right. And I was like, I think he just wanted to be nominated. And right. Uh, right. the only so reason that, – This is the thing, right? Because sometimes people get nominated for things and you're like, that's not that great of a performance. Yeah. Like, for sure. And so, I mean, like, why not him? But well, yeah, I think it was in comparison to the others. Like some of them are like, I don't even know what this fucking movie is. Like, do you remember when Robert uh, or Denzel Washington was nominated for that? Like Robert Israel third or whatever. And everyone was like, what the fuck is this movie? They're like, no one's ever heard of it. I think it was like I get more from that. But no, Andrea said the exact same thing. Yeah, this is the thing. So, okay, I'm going to look this up really quick. Do you know how many like. Adam Sandler movies I've watched in the last ten years, a lot. Three. <laughs> oh. Punch Drunk Love, The Meyerowitz Stories, and Uncut Gems. Do you know how many I've watched in the last ten years? How many? Many. Oh no. Many. Yeah. No. Seriously. So like, I have I have no baseline. Like, all I know is like he's like all his th- the three good movies he's probably been in. I've seen yeah. those three, and so me for me. It's like I don't watch the shit that he does on Netflix. I don't watch that. Like, I don't know about yeah. that. I don't know what he's doing over there. I'm not watching Murder Mystery, The <laughs> Week of. I watched Sa- the week Sa- of. Sandy Wexler, The Do Over, The Ridiculous Six. I'm not watching these. You know, The Cobbler. I I watched that too, Jared. Oh, RJ, Jack and Jer- Jill. Uh, no, I have not seen that. That's one. my boy. 
Yes, funny, I have Funny seen. People, Grown Ups 1 and 2. Uh, yep. Funny yeah. People is one of the worst movies, I think, <laughs> made in recent years. And I'm not even kidding. Okay. And you know why? Because I don't think Judd Apatow is funny at all. And uh, I don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think he... <sighs> uh, I've seen 37 Adam Sandler movies. How do you feel about that? I've seen 13. That's well, like almost the, almost you, a third. Uh, you let the expert take over. Okay. Well, so right. there you go. Since you are the, um, I don't know. The, the definitive? The, the, you're the voice of Sandlerdom. Uh-huh. uh-huh. What, what, what uh, you, no, what it's not the think? best ever. Punch Drunk Love is very clearly the best ever. Very clearly. And like, I mean, he's good, but I would also say like he had some of his other movies, like I would say The Wedding Singer, he's probably acting just as good as Uncut Gems. And I know what people are going to say. What? Are you fucking nuts? And it's like, no, Wedding Singer is actually a pretty good show. Jarrett? I it's, I didn't mind it. I've only seen yeah. it a couple times. Wedding Singer, uh, fucking... John Lovitz. Happy Gilmore, Billy Madison. He's just as good in those. I thought he was good in Uncut Gems. Nothing will beat... No. I, I will say... Nothing will beat Uncut Gems, his entrance out of the closet, and his new classic tagline, Jarrett. Do you do you remember what he says? What does he say? I can't say it on air because you'll get a soundbite of it, and it'll be uh, not good. Not good. You don't know what he says? He's like texting his wife or his girlfriend, and she's like, she's like, oh. Are you like gonna do it? And then he busts out of the closet, and he's like, "I'm gonna." Oh, shit, I didn't know. I didn't see that Oliver and Rupa watched this movie, and they did not yeah, they, like it. They were, they were not fans. They are the uh, dissenting voices on my page by quite a bit. I think that's fine. Yeah. Oh, it's just, it's like yeah, it's like oh shit, it's the first time I've seen like anything other than like positive on this movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I don't know. I I mean. He has he definitely has better performances, but he's good. I liked it. Or I liked him in it. Yeah, I mean I like I mean, I don't know. I like I like these guys' movies. Uh mm-hmm. I don't I saw some people like weighing them up against their other movies, like, well, is it better than Good Time or not? And that's like seems to be like a another thing that people just like I didn't even like they're they're very different to me. Why does that matter? You know? I don't know, because that's what it always turns into. Mm-hmm. It's not good, Jared. It's not good. Uh, but no, yeah, I liked I liked Uncut Gems. I thought it was good. It was exactly what I, I wanted it to be. I think it's kind of hilarious. And Andrea brought this up a, a lot. She's like, Andrea's like, this whole movie should have been about Kevin Garnett. And I was like, I agree. Because, <laughs> Why? Uh, I, well, it, I think it's kind of hilarious that the whole thing is centered around Kevin Garnett's obsession with the Opal. Because like... I don't know. I in my mind, I think what happened was that they were watching that NBA playoffs in 2012 and Kevin Garnett had one game where he was like just fucking lit it up like 40 points and then he had a game where he like didn't couldn't make anything and then he had another game where he lit it up. And I just imagine Josh and Benny Safty sitting there and being like what if it was magic? What if it was a special opal? that gave him like that he saw the galaxy in it and it just gave him better NBA basketball abilities. Don't you want to live in a world where that that's what happened, Jarrett? I'm good. I, I, I was, I, I, I was I wondering, I, I see, I was wondering about that part of it. I'm like, is this like relevant? It's like, I don't know. 
would basketball make me care about this more? Or like, I don't know. I still like this movie. I think it's really. Well, cool. I I don't know about that. I just like I uh, didn't. But, not but, even basketball. I know. Wise, I, I, know always, I, I know Oliver's a, a basketballsman, and uh, he sure is. He maybe can, he's not a Celtics fan though. Oh, maybe is that maybe true? he's never seen Celtic uh, Pride. You know, That's a good comedy. You know who's, movie. The un, you know who's an unsung hero of uh, this film though? Eric Bogosian. Arno. Eric? Arno. Ooh, what's he all about? Eric Bogosian? Oh, man. Yeah. You ever seen Under Siege 2? No. What the fuck? Why would... I've seen Blade 3. He's in that, apparently. You've never seen Under Siege 2, Dark Territory? That's... Talk radio? Why why would I have seen that movie? Because it's... (laughs) <laughs> I've seen the stuff starring Eric anyway, Bogosian. So, so Eric Bogosian, like to me, he's kind of like, I don't know, he's kind of like the second wave of Elliot Gould. Mm-hmm. But it, but he's totally like he he never had his moment, unfortunately. Mm. I he see. Didn't, he, he didn't have a breakout. But when I saw him, he was in this. I'm like, no one's even talking about Eric Bogosian being in this. What the fuck? I I didn't know. No. Hey, I got to bring up something else because I just remembered it. I think this movie does. Uh, it's kind of funny. So there's that guy in this movie, the weekend, the rapper. Yes, that's, that's a real guy. I, I do know. I only reason I know that is because there's like a comics graphic novel he did. Okay, so like yeah. that's a real guy, and I think it's kind of funny that he he ch- chose to play himself as like a little bit aggressive sexually. He's like, <laughs> I'm the weekend, whatever. Uh, but here's something I want, just because it's fitting and topical. I'm not even kidding. One time I went to a wedding. It was like three weeks or three years ago. And uh, there was this guy from Europe uh, who was at the <laughs> wedding. And he's like, he was like, oh, my God, you are the weekend. And I was like, hmm. And he's like, you look like the weekend. And I was like, I don't know who that is, man. And he's like, the rapper, the weekend. And I was like, OK. So uh, today when those kids said I looked like uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, I was like, hey, I've been called Tom Hanks before. I've been called a number of things. I was like, I've been, people said I've looked like the weekend and they're like, what? They're like, you're not the right, uh, <laughs> you don't look like that guy at well, all. What, like, what would your, Wiki- what would your Wikipedia say? My IMDB would say he is white in ethnicity, yeah. <laughs> uh, or Hungarian apparently. But, uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Do you think I look like the weekend? No. <laughs> No, I don't think so either. But this guy said it. And then I remember I told someone else and they're like, oh, I see that. And I was like, really? I was what? like, why? I don't know, dude. These are strangers. This was a stranger I met one time. I have no idea what he was about. He just thinks I look like The weekend. I get. I guess it's the cheeks, maybe? I, I don't I, I don't know. What? <sighs> Hey, I like Uncut Gems. I think it's a nice show. Yep. Sure. It, I don't yeah. know. I liked it. It's good. Yeah, me too. The How do you like that music? Andrew was like, what's up with this fucking music? I was like, I don't know. I did was she, like, did, I, did I like she, it. Did, did she watch Good Time? No, she didn't. Uh, oh. I tried to in the last like couple months because I think it was like two months ago she saw a preview for Uncut Gems. She's like, I'd like to watch that. And I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, ever heard of this movie with Robert Pattinson? And she's yeah. like, I'm not really interested. Mm. But I think I told you once she saw him in real life one time. He was just declared the most attractive man in the world, I think I saw on CNN. Yeah, right. We all know Daniel Stern is the most attractive man in the world. That's why you listen to the podcast, folks. From Celtic Pride, which I mean, it looks like Oliver has never seen Celtic Pride. So uh, maybe I mean, he's Celtic, a hater. 
Maybe go watch Celtic Pride. Fuck Boston. Guys. Boston. That's where it's from, right? That's Boston, right? Oh, yeah. There. See? I, I, know, I, I know about sports. It's, wait, I'm seeing something even more troubling. Has Jarrett Duncan never seen Celtic Pride? No. What the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> you know, I've never, it, it, I, I know, I've never seen Rudy. I don't care about Rudy. Okay. I, I heard he's a huge prick in real life. What, Rudy? Yeah, well, I, apparently he was like at Notre Dame and he'd ride the bus for the tourists. and he'd ride the are, bus. No, he drove the bus, I mean. <laughs> and uh, someone was like, it was kind of sad seeing him, but apparently all the people in that town that he lives in, they were just like, that guy's an asshole. Fuck him. Okay. And I was like, all right. But Celtic Pride is available on Apple, uh, iTunes, or Google Play. Cool. So go watch it. Um, you want to hear about Hail Satan? Sure. What is that? Hail Satan is a documentary on Netflix. Uh, it is a documentary that covers the, the satanic temple, which is, it's an organization that is there to troll American politicians and the system itself by kind of creating scenarios, uh, turning this sort of like, cause America should not favor any one particular religion, but Mm -hmm. in the 1950s, that was all hijacked, uh, by uh, your evangelicals who wanted mm-hmm. to differentiate itself from the the godless atheists of communist Russia. So there was that. And so you started seeing things like Ten Commandments popping up in cities, which I discovered watching this documentary, RJ, uh, mm-hmm. were, were gifted by Paramount Pictures to towns to promote the film. Uh, not starring Kirk Douglas, but Charlton Heston, the star of Soylent Green. Is that accurate, or did yes. you just make that no, up? No, that's, like, completely accurate. I had no idea this was a thing. But you actually look at these Ten Commandments statues, okay? Okay. Um, and at the very top, you see there's, like, the two little tablets that are, like, within the bigger thing. And they are they have, like, this gobbledygook language that isn't Hebrew. Mm-hmm. It's, like, this, like, nonsense thing. But it's, like, mm-hmm. the exact same gobbledygook language from the movie. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? And it's this idea that's this enshrined in America was founded by Christians and bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Mm. I, so I hate these people. Uh, the Satanic Temple, they basically have fancied themselves as Satanists, be, mm-hmm. even though they're like not. But they, And so they're like, they're trolling the system by saying, hey, mm-hmm. if you're going to have that Ten Commandments on your state capital, we want our eight foot tall bronze statue of Baphomet uh, is right beside it. And mm. uh, they basically create these things where, like, these, like they can't stop it. So they just say, well, we're, we're going to take this, our Ten Commandments down, so you can't put up your Baphomet statue. That's how they work. They basically take away the opportunity for pluralism to exist, and that's a success when they can pull it off. Um, mm. But it's, it's a lot of legal battles. Um, I like this, these, this idea of these people doing this. Uh, mm. I don't know if I'd want to hang out with these people. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. if you watch this, I feel like you'd probably feel the same way. Uh, you just—I already think that. <laughs> but so anyway, th- it's uh, it was an interesting documentary. It's like an hour and forty minutes. It's averagely made. It's exactly what you expect with all documentaries, which you don't really watch. I don't think at all. <laughs> uh I watched a documentary this week on on because uh, it was on Criterion Channel in. Yeah. <laughs> but I watched it. Yeah, but not those Netflix ones. Nah, well, I mean, well, I Well, what, would. RJ, are you saying you don't truck with the devil? 
Hey, you know what I'm getting from this is that you're you're embracing some good Catholic values. Is that what? Oh, am I reading this see, right? Well, there's a bit where they actually do a black mass. Uh, they want to do it sure. at, at Harvard, uh, mm-hmm. in, in Boston. And I don't know if you know about Boston, but there seems to be a lot of Catholics. Baston. In Baston. So, of course, there was protests and people getting very angry about it because they don't want Satanists. And, of course, uh, they they got defeated on that one. They they didn't get to do their black mass, so they had to do it in the streets. Fox News, Mm -hmm. of course, laps this stuff up. They love it because it enrages their base. But uh, so you know what? They thought they were defeated. But then they're like, wait a minute. The Catholic Church... Their priests rape kids all the time, and they cover it up. Allegedly. They're, they're, <laughs> allegedly, eh? <laughs> and they've raped more kids than any Satanist has ever done. They're fuck these people, and that and that just has made them grow even more. They're headquartered out of Salem, Massachusetts. Allegedly. They sell all sorts of uh, fun stuff, you know, pretty cool T-shirts. You can help support the cause. Catholic uh, T-shirts? Yeah, Catholic t- T-shirts. That'd be pretty cool. What kind of Catholic t-shirts do they have? I like one saying, Hail Satan. I mean, there's no reason that can't be a Catholic it's, t-shirt. It's very true. Very true. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Nice. It's a decent, nice little documentary. Well, I'm glad to hear that you are, um, what I heard was Jarrett saying, I love Catholicism and I can't wait to come on board. So, uh, I'm glad to hear it, dude. Cool. Excellent. About, yeah, it's about time. RJ, uh, you got you got any news for us? Ah, uh, I did have news. The only um, I I got one piece of news that I'll share. This is like some what is it? Some corpse esque news. Uh oh. Uh, via bloody disgusting. Apparently, the the guy who directed the Void. Yeah. And like some other Astron Six esque sort of stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're working on a film called Psycho Goreman. Ooh, that sounds exactly like the kind of thing corpse would be into. See? I know my audience. 100%. I know my audience. It's a horror comedy. Mm -hmm. That, that, you know, it's it's probably going to be terrible. But, I mean, that title's pretty sweet. It's better. I mean, there's Manborg, but now there's Psycho Gorman. I mean, step aside. I like Psycho Gorman. Yeah. Uh, I think pretty revolutionary news is that a movie was just added to Crave that uh, if you don't find a way to watch this week, I'm quitting the podcast. What's that? Ma. You already told me that. That's not news Movie of the year. It's not news to you? Hey, you know what I saw got added to Amazon Prime today? It was Parasite. No kidding. It's pretty wild, eh? Pretty like a week around. before the Oscars? Oh, hey, speaking of that, some Parasite bullshit. What's this, what? like, re-release the theater in black and white thing? Oh, I don't know. That's just what they do, right? I, I, I watched that movie, and at no point was I like, man, I really wonder what this would look like in black and white. Well, I showed you, like, uh, Letterboxd did their black and yeah. white thing a couple days ago. Well, and because then of that. Pro- they retweeted a thing where they were – someone was like, I, I can't – it was like, it's so amazing. I want everything in black and white now. And the pictures they showed, it was like, this looks like shit. Yeah, it looked horrible. It's like, yeah, some stuff looks good in black and white, but some stuff looks better in color. I can't wait till these geniuses figure out, hey, you can make everything black and white all the time. Yeah. It's, it's, well, like, you can just do that and then be be alone in your life. The next step would be like filming movies in black and white where even the props on set would be black and white and you tell actors to see black and white. See, maybe that's – I thought about that. I thought about the – are they trying to Roma us? I guess. But it's like – I don't know. It's – I, I never th- got much out of that. And then even, it's like I said, when 
I watched it with Andrew. She was kind of like, I feel like you want to see the colors here because it seems like very vibrant stuff that's going on. There's like parades and like all these things. It's like, why wouldn't you want the color? Why would you like purposely saturate that for nothing? Because life is hard, man. Yeah. Coming to the Criterion Collection one day. It's true. Mm -hmm. You figure out your news? Nah. Okay. Well... That's that. Oh, wait. We have to talk about Richard III. What? After the break. um, We're going to go beat a man to death. And then what? Throw him in a vat of wine. And then what? Call it a day. Sounds good. King of heaven that hath him, for he was fitter for that place than earth. And thou art fit for any place but hell. Yes, one place else, if you will hear me name it. Some dungeon. Your bedchamber. <laughs> I'll have her. But I will not keep her long. But though I killed her husband and her father, the readiest way to make the wench amends is to become her husband and her father, the which will I. Whatever the historical truth may be, Shakespeare has made of Richard an unscrupulous murderer, twisted in mind and body, relentless in his ambition to gain the crown of England, destroying all who stand in his way. Darest thou resolve to kill a friend of mine? Please, your but I'd rather kill two enemies. Why, then thou hast it. Two deep enemies. I mean those bastards in the tower. Here, in one film, are assembled the finest players the English theater can provide. Laurence Olivier, 
in what is considered by many his greatest role. Claire Bloom as the Lady Anne, moved into uneasy submission by her husband's murderer. Cedric Hardwick as King Edward IV. This is a special warrant for the Duke of Clarence. John Gilgood as the Duke of Clarence. Ralph Richardson as the Duke of Buckingham, who intrigues with Richard to usurp the crown and then becomes his victim. What's o'clock? I am thus bold to put your grace in mind of what you promised. Well, but what's o'clock? Upon the stroke of ten. Then let it strike! This is the Criterion Creeps podcast, and tonight we're talking about Richard III from 1955, directed by Laurence Olivier. The synopsis here from the letterbox. Mm-hmm. Having helped his brother, King Edward IV, take the throne of England, the jealous hunchback Richard, Duke of York. Is that, that's not even accurate. That's, Isn't he's not clock, a hunchback either. Is he Yes, spina bifida. I thought it was Gloucester. Yeah. Yeah. Plot, I don't know. This it's all gets so I'm so confused already. Plots uh-huh. to seize power for himself, masterfully deceiving and plotting against nearly everyone in the royal court, including his eventual wife, Lady Anne, and his brother George, Duke of Clarence, Richard orchestrates a bloody rise to power before finding all his gains jeopardized by those he betrayed. Oh no. Oh, no. So uh, I had not seen this movie before, Uh, Mm -hmm. much like all of the Laurence Olivier movies that we've talked about uh, previously. Mm -hmm. Henry V and Hamlet, uh, never seen them before. Of the three, I've only read Hamlet uh, in school, twice actually, in in different different levels of schooling. So this was new to me. I kind of knew the broad strokes of uh, Richard III. As mm-hmm. I like to say, because I'm sure. a loser. But um, yes. yeah, it's so Richard the Third. Uh, I knew all about like there's like there were some stories recently about his like I think his like remains were found and like there were there were some analyses. Spina bifida, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh huh. They dug him up because that's one thing people love to do to this day is dig up corpses. Well, apparently, like I don't know, maybe it's fake news, but I I was under the impression that like once he died, they kind of like threw his body in a river or something, and then they found the body in the river, or they took it back out or something like that. At one point, his body was in a river. No, sure. I I mean, and in this movie, he gets hacked to death. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So uh, I had never seen this before, and uh, people for those who don't recall. Henry V, old Henry V, uh-huh. um, for for a while was like is is still regarded as one of the the weaker offerings of the Criterion Collection on the whole. It is mm-hmm. a film that has not aged well and is clearly uh, since it was like Laurence Olivier like first trying his hand at filmmaking. It is uh, 
from the man, from a man who's figuring things out, a man who's classically trained in the stage and theater and Shakespeare. And now he's like, I'm going to make movies and mm-hmm. work in progress. We saw uh, a great leap forward with uh, Hamlet, which was kind of like had this like mm-hmm. actual atmosphere, uh, moved at a fairly good pace, felt just so much sure. more contemporary, felt like more like a movie that you would recognize. Uh, mm-hmm. So here we are again with Richard III. Uh was this eight years after the fact? Seven years? He sure. Made, he makes this, I think. Uh huh. So uh, yeah, I I didn't know what to expect, and uh, immediately there's kind of like a bit more cinematics kind of going on. There's this mm-hmm. flo- this floating uh, crown on strings, getting lowered <laughs> onto people's heads, mm-hmm. and uh, there's like pageantry, some costumes that look very costumey. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, we've come a long way in terms of like production design where mm-hmm. everything looks it's real now like you watch that uh fast bender uh, uh or macbeth movie and it's mm-hmm. like gritty real actual like kind of like locations very game of throne game of thrones ish mm-hmm. and so this though is like very much a 1955 british production but then so we have this like the camera kind of pulls back from the, the this king being, uh, you know, Edward IV taking the crown. And then we see Laurence Olivier kind of wearing a, what I kind of just, like I started thinking about as somewhere like between like uh, Rowan Atkinson and like a Steve Carell prosthetic job. Um, it's, uh, it definitely looks like that, right? It's, like it's, he's wearing a fox catcher kind of. Yes. Kind of nose. Yeah, he's going for that Academy Award prosthetic uh, route. Back back mm-hmm. here, even in fifty five, and then he turns his attention to us, the viewer. Sure, he and does. And he looks dead at us, and it's like, "Whoa, <laughs> that's that's wild." And then um, we we get like it's it's all silent. There's like no real dialogue. There's like this mm-hmm. more uh, the, the, there's this flow out, and like you get like kind of like these little like dribbings and droppings of like kind of everyone's inter- like relations to one another, uh, kissing of nephews. And, they're uh, doing what to their nephews? Kiss, kissing, and then like showing how fun okay. how fun they are of their the their brother now king's nephew and future king. And so they're the brothers, and they're like, "Oh yes, yeah, I love you so." And they're like, oh, you're such a good guy." Um, there's this great little bit where um, uh, where uh, Richard the Third puts his crown on like a pillow that the one like servant is carrying, and the crown falls right off. And mm-hmm. it's like this weird, like kind of like moment. You're like, oh, that's apparently a completely improvised. Which yeah, like, but, but, but it, like it fits very well. It fits, with the scene, it, it fits so well. And yeah. uh, one of the justifications, I guess, for him keeping it is like, oh, you know, it plays really well at the end of the movie, where he loses his crown, like a drop, it falls, and it's like, oh, it's like shows up at the very beginning, which is like, oh, that's kind of yeah. neat. And it adds this kind of like kind of like sense of humor. It's uh I actually thought it was really funny because it's like he puts it on there and it falls and the when he looks at him and it's just kind of like a it's like a really sassy like you motherfucker like I don't know like I you can tell it's unintentional but like it actually does it works it works really good it's it's super well man yeah those so, are two words that work yeah yep so and so there's like all that some really good filmmaking stuff going on where mm-hmm. there's these lingering shots on uh these women of the court and like, mm-hmm. you, you know, you're hanging on them for a little bit too long because you know, they're going to be important later on. It's all that, all that sort of stuff. It's like, that's nice to see, you know, it's basic, yeah. basic stuff, but, um, 
It's a way to introduce these characters. And then mm -hmm. uh, King Edward rides away. Everything's great. But then the camera returns to that hall that we've all just been in with all these people. And the door opens. And there's Richard III at the throne. Mm -hmm. And then we get a reminder that uh, Shakespeare wrote some things that people still talk about to this day, talking about discontent in winter. And you go, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. that's where that's from. Because you forget. Um, the other one that like comes later, way later, uh, that I'm like, oh, shit, that's from this too, is my horse, my kingdom for a horse. It's like, holy shit, like, fuck, I forget this stuff. Like completely, that's like this is all like one guy wrote all this crap or multiple people under one name. Uh, but well, that Shakespeare, do you, do you think Shakespeare did it for real, someone, or do you believe some, Roland Emmerich? Someone did, some some guy, someone did. I, I'll, I'll save Malo. it. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll save it for when I talk. You, uh, so anyway, you continue. So, we, uh, so like, I was like. I am so like I was so in love with like Lawrence Olivier's like hamming it up and just like he obviously loves this character and like him like talking directly to the audience like breaking that fourth mm -hmm. wall is so good and I guess that was the first time it had ever been done in film where where he's talking directly to the camera and because like I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Shakespeare in like in a play form um, uh, like so, in real life yeah. Know? Yeah, I have. Okay. So, but, okay. so there's the effect, you know, when people deliver these soliloquies, they turn to the audience and they talk. But mm -hmm. depending on where you're sitting in the theater, you don't actually make eye contact. You could be anybody. You know that he's talking to us and that we all go, oh, we're all in on this guy's inner thinking. But in this, he locks eyes with you, you the viewer. We're all being, he, he he's, he's looking at all of us and he starts talking to us and he lays out all his plans and schemes. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's awesome. <laughs> like it's, it's so great. It's... And the camera's moving around, following him and he's just explaining what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. Are you saying that the office wasn't the first thing to, to break that fourth wall? Well, I was talking about, uh, that Corel earlier, you know, well, so I mean... he's, he's the gym. <laughs> He's kind of a gym, like he's always looking and smirking. Yeah. And he's like, plots I have laid. Can you believe it? <laughs> That's what she said. Oh, Jarrett. <laughs> okay, anywho. So yeah. uh, the, the, I would say that probably for like the first hour or so, I was like, man, this movie is like just light years beyond mm -hmm. Henry V. Um, it, mm -hmm. it, it's like... I, I love the interactions. I, I, it's kind of like there's like the contrived stuff with uh, Lady Anne where it's like, <laughs> I, I murdered your husband, but you should definitely uh, give me a chance. And mm -hmm. It's like, would that fly nowadays? And the fact that she's like, oh, maybe, oh, no, I shouldn't. You're like, oh, this Shakespeare stuff. I mean, it's like what it is. It's what mm -hmm. it is. I uh, His little gaslighting nice guy routine where he's like, mm. yeah, I did it. But like, I just love you so much. You know that hey, I'm the best. If I don't, hey, you can kill me right here. Go on, just yeah. just, just stab just me. It. Just do it. It's the oldest yep. trick in the book. Yep. So, I mean, there's that. Yeah, there's all that. Uh, mm -hmm. And then, yeah, the the machinations begin. And uh, things are in... He starts, like, manipulating, working all the angles. Um, mm -hmm. And then I start getting a little confused. Because a, a lot of these people look a lot alike. Yes, they do. <laughs> there's, like, a lot of... Uh, middle-aged white guys in old-timey clothes talking and talking. There's just names. You're like, what? 
Buckingham. Who's this? Who's this guy? Who's this Rivers? Who, which one's that? Like, uh, which? Wait, okay. There, I know that. I know who Richard the Third is. That's about all I've got going for it. And this, mm-hmm. uh, as we've talked about before, even like when we talked about like Throne of Blood, um, you it always helps to know, like, to actually probably have read these plays. Even like uh, sure. importance of being earnest. I think when we talked about it, uh, the mm-hmm. saving grace for me for this was uh, I do have the DVD of this that I got at a like secondhand Christian charity. And mm-hmm. uh, so it had subtitles. So I was able to read along, catch some of the finer details of the language. So, but I mean, again, like I, you don't really feel like you get this stuff until you've probably watched it or at least mm-hmm. read it once or twice. And then you go, okay, now I, I know the broad strokes. Now I can start appreciating uh, the telling. Mm-hmm. But then there, there, there is though like a big swath of this film where I was kind of on the checked out side because there's a lot of chatting and I'm like, what is this? What is this in aid of? And this, it's, this is just over two and a half hours long. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, I think whenever uh, Richards are on screen, there's this awesome moment where like Lawrence Olivier shows off his athleticism when he slides down the uh, the curtains to the, like the courtyard, and then he like poses, and then like oh, one, the bell ring, yeah, and then he, mm-hmm. he he comes over or man comes over to kiss his because he puts his hand out, he comes to kiss his ring, but then he like makes it he lowers it so he has to drop down to the knee to kiss it oh that's that is so fucking good it's so sassy and like salty and it's just like oh man what i'm saying oh man jared what i'm saying here is richard three he is like uh he's a king creep oh yeah he might be dead but he'll always be the king of my heart on the podcast this is this guy's what it's all about which one do you think is dead Richard the Third or Lawrence Olivier? Well, I guess both, but Richard the Third. He's a, okay. that that character, man. He's a king creep. Yes, he is. Yeah. Yes, he is. B- big king boy. Big king boy? Is that the uh, is that what we're going with now? Yeah. Big king boy. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm glad you liked it, man. No, yeah, that was uh yeah. I, I, were you I, were you a little nervous? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I uh, I was not looking forward to watching this <laughs> at all. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh man. So because I I've I did have like probably way more interest in the the Shakespeare stuff when I was contemplating an English major. Uh, sure. And so like I, you I, do, I, like you do. And I was like really like I want to read all the historical uh, plays of Shakespeare because I love I love this era. I love this stuff, and I'm, I want to get down with it. But I never got around to it because it takes time and effort. So <laughs> I just didn't do it. So movies it will be. Uh, and this is like one of those ones where it's like the borders, the uh, the historical with the tragedy. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Richard Richard the Third. He's a he's an antihero, right? Because like, he's definitely because I mean, he basically tells you I'm a he's like I'm a bad man. I'm a mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a or in the movie they kind of have this framing that's like legends. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, it's all about like setting up uh, the rightful good place of uh, Queen Elizabeth and King James. That's what it's all about at the end of the day. The mm-hmm. good, setting up that good family uh, lineage with these types of movies that are all like, you know, public relations essentially for the kings that he was writing these for to get favor. But uh, yeah. yeah, all these years later, who gives a shit? Um, abol- ab- ab- shit? Abolish the monarchy, please. Uh Let's just get Wait on a with minute, that. Jerry. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but we are part of the monarchy. So I don't know if you do. You know what you're saying here? I, I, I did see that uh, there was some talk that uh, some Canadians 
some creeps villains think uh-huh. that uh, when, when uh, old Queen Elizabeth dies, maybe that should be it. We should just call her a day. Who said that? Some. I am outraged and shocked. Shocked. Are you a, are you a royal watcher? No, I don't give a shit. But yeah. uh, I don't. You know what I don't like? We never talked about before is them moving to Canada, and they're like, "We're, we're independents." But then they're like, "But you guys pay for us," and everyone's really for, mad for, about for that our, for our security. Everyone's so mad. Um. Yeah. But what are we so, talking about again? This movie. This is Richard oh, yeah. Three. Oh uh, yeah, we talk about movies on this. R- thing. Richard. Oh, okay. R- Richard cubed. Yeah. Okay. I forgot um, that we talk about movies. There's that. There's like some some violence in this movie that I appreciate. Uh, mm-hmm. When he, his like hired hoodlums get brought down to the dungeon, <laughs> wherever the fuck it is, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a man recovering, and uh, he wakes up, bring me more wine, and he just gets uh, beat over the back of the head and then dumped into a vat of wine. I I don't know why I love that so much. It's just like Jesus, because like you don't even know if he's dead. It's like, are they just getting rid of the body, or are they just going to throw him into that vat and just like, oh, he'll drown now? Who knows? Well, I don't know. I think it's better to leave it to the imagination, Jared. Yeah, the collective imagination. The better monster is the one you don't see. No. Yeah, hmm. and then uh, so you, what, you think big it, fan. I, I like this. I thought it was good. Big fan boy. Uh, I don't know if I like it as much as Hamlet. I don't know because I think Hamlet, on the whole, because I'm more familiar with it, I thought. Mm. Maybe it's probably more like I'd say it's, it's the most successful of the three. But I I love the Olivier Richard performance a lot. I saw some people mm-hmm. have said that they they aren't fans of it, but I don't know. It's very it's very theatrical. Uh, like a lot of this does feel very theatrical, which you know because it's a play, it's not going for the naturalism. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know that that didn't bother me in the least. Yeah, but yeah, and then you get that big battle scene at the end. I Which mean, one? Uh, that one that's outdoors. The the only one that's outdoors because the movie's all on like sound stages and stuff. And then at the very oh. end, suddenly the sky, the sky exists. The one, uh, the one with like Frank Boyle or what's his name? Uh, you know the dad from Everyone Loves Raymond. <laughs> Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a little. I mean, that guy kinda. looks exactly like Peter not, Boyle. Not, 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 not at all. But I kind of see what you're saying. You know what I mean. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Uh, so, I don't know. Yeah, RJ. Yo. What, what did you think of Richard III? Well, Jared, I uh, I set out to watch this on a Sunday morning, as you do. Uh, I think I've... I mean, you and me, our schedule's pretty consistent. We usually watch these on Sundays. But uh, for old man movies, I feel like Sunday morning, afternoon is usually the the perfect time, right? It's a perfect time to get an old man movie in because it's just like the lighting is right. makes you feel like you're at your grandparents. A movie you probably don't want to watch, but you have to because it's like we have one thing. This is what we're watching. This is what I feel when I watch movies oh, such. Oh, oh, yeah. One fun fact I forgot to mention. Uh, one of the hoodlums that goes uh-huh. and saps that guy at the end, that's uh, that's uh, Alfred from the Joel <laughs> Schumacher, uh, Michael uh, Keaton Batman era. Well, shit. Michael Is that guy still Michael alive? Go. Uh, no, he died uh, 2011. Did at, at he though? Ripe old 94. Shit, he was old as fuck. I listened to an audio book once where he was Alfred. Oh yeah. Well, a teleplayer, something like that. No. You know what I mean? I know. Uh, yeah, Henry. Or wait, 
This isn't Henry V. This is Richard III. Damn right. How can you keep it all straight, Jarrett? Mm-hmm. So um, I think uh, when you turn this on, I was also a little trepidation, trepidatious because at first I was like, hmm, Henry V was not a good show. No. And uh, here we go. We're getting back into it. So I was like, I don't know. And then it starts and I was like, hmm. I was like, it looks looks a little bit nicer. And then you watch a little bit and you're like, hmm. There's a bit more going on here. Uh, I agree with you. I think uh, Richard III's not bad, actually. I think it's mostly, like, for me, more than anything, it's just the production. I was like, man. I was like, I like these sets. They got those matted backgrounds sometimes. Yep. They got these uh, funky outfits. Like he he wears that thing that has huge shoulders and it's got like danglers that look like other arms. I was like, that's cool. I like uh, your outfits. Uh, so all the sets, all the production, I was like, very nice. Very nice. Uh, there's some things that I like. I think I wouldn't say ironically, but I just think are funny. So I like them. Uh, I think it's better than Hamlet. Um, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm on the fence. I don't yeah, know. I, no, I, I, and, that, and that's totally fair. Because like, like, there was a point where like I really loved parts of this movie. Like I thought, I think they're yeah. really, really strong. And I'm like, yeah. Where I would put it is like it's a hundred percent better than importance of being earnest. Because you brought that up, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a hundred percent better than that. And like I remember liking Hamlet, but uh, for some reason I, I'm noticing Hamlet's not like super high on my list. So I don't know. Maybe I guess I didn't like it that much. Um, but anyways, it's definitely better than Hamlet. Uh, and more than anything else, it's an actually okay movie, which I think is <laughs> like, I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot, but considering all the things stacked against it, it's like, yeah, that is saying something. Um, uh, so Richard the third, uh, Lawrence Olivier, he's hamming it up real good. Um, I thought his little monologues to the screen were super funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then like, so here, when I was watching this, I was about an, I don't know, 45 minutes in and Andrea woke up, she came downstairs because sometimes on the weekends I wake up really early because it's like, you know, when you don't have to work, you, you wake up early and you're just like, I'm up. So that happened. Uh, so I was watching this thing like, what? Oh yeah. No, I definitely like this more than Hamlet. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Ha- Hamlet's like uh, I remember it was okay, but uh, I I also think it was like I just went back and looked at my ratings and went, oh yeah, this movie's definitely better. Yeah, ha- Hamlet was okay. Yeah. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, so Andrea came down like forty minutes in, and she watched the rest with me. She was kind of like on her phone and stuff, but she was watching it. And uh, fuck, what was I? I say oh yeah she thought she thought his little monologues were really funny too and it was um she was like man richard the third's such a like a salty bitch he's always just like he's like oh really like just like super sarcastic and like yeah. things like that and like you you do get that in the monologues a little bit where he's like hey guess what i fucked all these people and i don't care because that's what i'm gonna do and let and me then tell kinda, you how i'm going to do it yeah. And then he shakes his shoulders a little bit and he's like, mm-hmm. Shakes his hump. Yeah, his spina bifida. Uh, I didn't even realize that like for the first little bit. And then he started walking weird. And I was like, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, he's a little and, inconsistent with that. Well, I think what it is is like maybe, well, I don't know. I was going to say maybe it like progresses and that's like a really fine point of detail. But like, when, I don't know. He, when he's doing better or like not as angry and things are going yeah. well, he improves. And then, yeah, maybe. 
I thought Maybe. about that. I, I had no idea either because like we were watching. So Andrew was like, I'm going to look into Richard the third. And I was like, okay. And uh, she was like, he had spina bifida. And I was like, Oh shit. And I didn't really notice until he was limping. And then uh, his armor, like his at the end where it has a huge hunch in it. And you're like, I was like, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, he's, I like those parts cause they're like kind of goofy. And I was like, that's funny. And I like, uh, I think the scene that so shows it the best, it's kind of like what you said where he, uh, he rides the bell string down yeah. to the like corridor and then he lays out his hand and the guy like goes to kiss it. And then he like, his, his like face turns and he lowers the hand. He's like, get lower bitch. He's like, go lower slave. Um, and I was like, man, that's sassy. I was like, this guy is a sassy bitch, and I love it. So that's fun. Uh, he also has a lot of things like that where, like, he'll be like, bring me a bowl of wine. And I, I just thought of, like, the the single ladies on the Friday nights everywhere drinking bowls of wine. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, him, hold like, he's so dramatic, like, holding pillows up to people's faces. He's like, I will suffocate you, but I won't. But I could, but I won't. And you're just like, oh, this guy's like he he's so over the top but it's like yeah i get it uh the first thing andrea said too when she came down she's like what is this lord farquard from uh shrek and i was like what she's like it looks just like him and i was like oh yeah it does and we looked it up and uh richard the third was the inspiration for lord farquard Jarrett yeah. from shrek yeah like, yeah makes sense I didn't realize that. Uh, her also her art degree came in handy. She said it's like neoclassicalism or something like that. She's like all these scenes are staged like neoclassical picture paintings. I was like okay, and she looked it up and I was like oh yeah those look similar. I think that's what she said. Neoclassical. I don't know. You yeah. have an art degree. I have an art history degree. So uh, here's the thing. I think this movie's like this movie's good. It's entertaining enough, and uh, it's definitely better than a lot of the other ones we've watched. Um, I know, like, everyone on Shakespeare is like, well, yeah, you know, Shakespeare, he's like, uh, he said it all. Like, he did everything. And it's like, I get that. I, I know he's super inspirational. And then I realize that a lot of the reason where people are like, well, you have to teach it in the original language because because of, like, how it's – the weight like what is that thing iambic pentameter or whatever where it's like it actually has like a rhythm to it in that sense it's like i get that too i understand that it is very well thought out thing but the the language gap for me and shakespeare man it's just like like i had the subtitles on and even sometimes reading it i was like i don't fucking know what's going on uh and i don't think like i don't think i'm a real big dum-dum but uh sometimes maybe it's because i wasn't like fully paying attention at times and I'd look away and I'd look back up and I'd be like, what? Huh? <laughs> yeah. But like, uh, I, I, I do get lost in Shakespeare talk sometimes and I'm like, Shakespeare, yeah. I don't know what you talking about, man. So, uh, I, I get like all these things, but I think people also need to kind of calm down on Shakespeare. You know what I mean? I, I feel like culture will do that for us. Yeah. Just I, read I, Stephen I, I, King. He's the new Shakespeare. Oh, oh boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyways, so hey, are you? It's not. It's not bad. No, it's not bad. Uh, are you going to check out "Looking for Richard," the 1996 documentary directed by Al Pacino? Fuck! I wish I knew. Uh, where, where, I he, watched... where he also plays uh, Richard Three, and uh, <sighs> hey, there's the oh the poster for this RJ. I have to I have to send your way. It's uh, it's Pacino. 
Yeah. I can find it oh, easily. Oh, I, oh, one sec, one sec. It's, it's coming. It's coming. Okay. Oh, it's uh, made me laugh. But um, alongside this, uh, we did this with Hamlet because, I mean, I mean, Mel Gibson. Mm-hmm. But uh, there, we haven't watched those mm-hmm. Branas, but we did watch some some Gandalf. Hell, yeah, we did. Uh, so I, I'll admit I didn't watch all of it. I, was, uh, I, I, I watched I, the opening credits, though. Okay, I have to uh, live update. Looking for Richard's poster is pretty incredible. A true revelation. Sharp, funny, and illuminating. Okay, I like how Al Pacino doesn't even have first credit. Alec Baldwin is first. Because I'm sure he had to work, had to make some deal about that. Jesus. Kevin uh, Spacey. It's pretty funny. Um and that and like, can you imagine like how much of a ham that Al Pacino is? Oh, and I like, would have loved it. It's like, and I've said before, because uh, people have mentioned they're like, we miss when you watch all the remakes. It's like I don't even know that a lot of these exist. If people say every week when we watch your Criterion, if someone sends me an American re- or not even American, just a remake of it, I'll watch it. If someone tells me that it exists, mm-hmm. I'll watch it. Um, but yeah, we watched this thing, and uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, you said you didn't watch the whole thing. Did you watch it on YouTube? I, I started to watch it on YouTube, and then there's Kay. parts of it that were not there. Yeah, I was going to say, I In also, glorious it, 240p. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I also did not watch it in its extent, because it's almost all there. I would say 75% of the yeah. movie is there, but it'll go like scene one, scene two, scene three, scene four, then scene, scene six, scene seven. Yeah scene nine scene 10 and you're like as as the bard intended i i do think though that that first scene of this movie is something to behold because <laughs> that's when i uh i messaged you i was like whoa i was like richard the third is uh some wild shit here because it started and like when the bullets shoot the credits into the, let- the... the letters of richard <sighs> the third come on firing bullets in i was be- like in red oh yeah, I, I was like, I think Jared, I, I was going to say to you, I was like, you don't actually need to watch this, but you definitely should watch the opening scene, if anything. Right. So tell me about Richard III. Uh, you tell me. You watched the whole damn thing. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like, it's not good. Uh, it's it's kind of goofy, but it also has like things that I didn't expect. Like it's kind of, so the opening scene is like, it really threw me off. I was like, whoa. What is this? Well, it's kind of like an alternate history is, yeah. as well. Like It's like yeah. 1940s. 30s. 30s. 1930s. Uh, and yeah, so it's alternate history. But then there's also like I was just like uh, I was surprised by some of like the um, the actual like um, gore in this thing. Because <laughs> did you see when Robert Downey Jr. gets stabbed through the bed? I did not. Oh, man, that thing is awesome. So it's kind of like, you know, Kevin Bacon in uh, Friday the 13th? Yeah. With the arrowhead? It's kind of like that. It's like Robert Downey Jr. and he's like sexing it up because he's all like out of his mind. And uh, a sword comes through the bed, through his chest. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa. I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, So I wasn't expecting that. And then uh, some of the other deaths, well, in the act, Oh, the actual Criterion Richard the Third too. When they strangle those kids, I was like, "Oof!" Yeah, I was like, "I wasn't expecting that." But uh, this one has it kind of similar, but it's a it's a thinner material that they strangle them with, so you really see their face kind of stretch around it, <laughs> and you're like, "Okay." Uh, there's also a dream. So you know how Richard the Third has those dreams at the end where it's like 
because Shakespeare loved ghosts, and he's like, people are going to have bad dreams about what's going to happen. And you're like, premonitions. Okay, Shakespeare. Uh, this one has one where um, Ian McKellen is a wolf man. Did you see that? No. <laughs> uh, not even a wolf man. It's kind of like a dog. Like he has a dog nose and dog ears, and it's just like a hazy dream. And then it cuts back to him, and he's like, oh, wow, bow, wow. And you're like, what the fuck? Uh, so that that was why that was my thinking when I was just like, "Hey, Jarrett, Richard the Third is uh, this thing's kind of wacky, my man." Um, and it is. It's, it's we got goofy. and we got the uh, we got McNulty in here too. Yeah, McNulty's in there. There's a few people in this bad boy, yeah, not just J- Jim Broadbent, Jim Broadbent, Annette, Annette Benning. Uh, Hell yeah! The aforementioned Robert Downey the Junior, mm-hmm. Nigel mm-hmm. Hawthorne. Fuck, they're all there. They're all they're there. All, they're all there. Uh, so it's it's not, it's like I said, it's not really a good movie, but it, it's kind of like, it's kind of novel and goofy where it's like, if you were going to watch Richard III, it's like, maybe check out Richard III, the remake, because it's, it's kind of fun. Uh, it doesn't have the, uh, the like pageantry of talking to the screen. Like it has that, but not to the same degree where it's like, it's not as fun as uh, the other one. Right. But, you know what are you gonna do what are you gonna do what are you gonna do so um, uh that's yeah. cool yeah well i'm glad that we're both enjoying these shakespeare's i don't know when the next time we see one of these come along yeah we're eh. fine <laughs> we're good uh uh-huh. want to find out who hates richard why is it gonna be like some kid from high school is like no. my teacher well we've got our, our old friend Heretic. Ooh, fuck. I we should get Heretic on the show. Uh one and a half stars. Uh-huh. I hate that I spent two and a half hours of my life on this. My friends said he does not like Shakespeare, and that's a very radical notion, which I don't even consider possible. Harold Bloom claims Shakespeare invented Freud, but the psychology in this movie is completely inept. Olivier was once considered the greatest actor, but though he does have a few moments, mostly his campiness here lacks the flamboyance that would make it enjoyable. Uh, Gail Good is sappy. Richardson is all right. The lust for crown and glory is pathetic because it never satisfies the fragile ego, as it is apparent when our president-elect watches Saturday Night Live and gets upset by Alec Baldwin's impersonation. Mm. Mm. President-elect, topical. Yeah. Hey, that was December 27th, 2016. Mm. I, uh, I'm i confused at what they say. What was the line? It was like the psychology of it is uh, inept. I don't know. I have a psych degree. <laughs> I thought it was fine. I don't really know what the problem is. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about Heretic before, we but half-star half films include The Thing yeah. from John Carpenter. They, they're, they're heretics. They're heretics, Jarrett. What about uh, Leaving Las Vegas? Is that a half-star film? No. Saving Private Ryan? No. What about Far From Heaven? Eh. What about Richard Jewell? (laughs) Which a lot of people have been given half-stars, but then other people give it four. What's up with that movie? I don't know. People got their their prejudices, we'll say. Sure. Sure they do. Uh, Ashley, two stars. Okay. The costumes, especially the crowns, are bad, even for 1955 standards. It's hard for me to review Shakespeare adaptations. I love the works attributed to the bard, and the adaptations just never measure up for me. Just for her? No. Uh, 
Ashley's bio says that Francois Truffaut, David Lynch, and Humphrey Bogart are her cinematic holy trinity. Wow. Hashtag Gene Wilder forever. Okay. Favorite favorite flumes. Favorite flumes include Roma. Yeah. And others. What are some other favorite films? Uh, None of this is interesting. Okay. (laughs) The Artist, five stars. I don't know about that. Let's look at these half-star films. Mandy, Three Billboards, Pushing Tin, The Fountain, Get Out of Here, Minority Report, You're Fucking Mental Lady. (laughs) Unbelievable. Weird Science, half a star? No, thank you. Got Hmm. one more for you. Okay. Peaceful Anarchy, two stars. I understand the supposed appeal. Shakespeare's language, Olivier's performance, Technicolor sets, and royal intrigue. To me, it's a tedious, drawn-out film where none of the intrigue is actually interesting. The visuals, the visuals are garish, and Olivier's performance is way over the top and uninteresting. The dialogue mm-hmm. has some appeal, but even it doesn't charm me. What do you think does charm them? <sighs> Who cares? The five-star movies are almost exactly what you'd expect. But hey, get this. They just gave Dog Star Man three stars. Wow. The prelude I, that's is high cr- praise. <laughs> that's high praise. The prelude is creative but too abstract and nonsensical for my tastes. Part one was interesting but got pretty tedious and repetitive. Uh, it goes on for a while. Uh, the person says my cricketer ratings, and there's a link, and then my e-check movies progress and then there's a link member of icmforum.com i don't know what any of this shit is at all uh let's see if there's any interesting half star films what about necromantic Ooh. what about blood diner Ooh. what about gus Wieser and his singing duck huh what about um bad taste what Martyrs, what? Signs, get fucked. A <laughs> um, couple of trivia notes here. So apparently, uh, Olivier modeled some of uh, his Richard III's uh, look on a well-known theatrical producer at the time, Jed Harris, who Olivier called, quote, the most loathsome man I'd ever met. Unquote. Uh, also from Wikipedia, mm-hmm. years later, Olivier discovered that Walt Disney had also used Harris as his basis for the Big Bad Wolf in The Three Little hmm. Pigs. So, Did you say Judd Hirsch? Jed Harris. Okay, so not Judd Hirsch? Not, not Judd Hirsch. Star of Uncut Gems? Was that Judd Hirsch? In- yeah, it was yeah. Judd Hirsch. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, who's Jed Harris? Uh, a, a, like a, An executive? A, a producer type. Yeah. Uh. I like. I'm going to stick with Judd Hirsch. He seems like a better guy. Man, for I mean, to piss off Olivier and Walt Disney. Well, what did he do? I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know either. That's always fun, though, right? What bad dudes? Oh, and apparently Olivier did indeed actually accidentally suffer an arrow wound to the shin. Uh, during filming, <laughs> yeah, like his like, I guess the horse jerked forward all of a sudden with his okay. arrow flying by, and it actually got him. But uh, apparently, this played into his limp uh, later on. Weird man. Uh, so he just played. He rolled with it. 
weird and wild stuff, yeah. Jared. And there's the one thing I sent you that you shared on the uh, the Instagram, the thing about uh, Salvador Dali painting all of, uh, Olivier's portrait. Uh, mm. While the fil- during the filming of this, and apparently Olivier loved it until he had to sell it. Uh, apparently, to pay for his children's school fees. Where do you think they went to school? Uh, just somewhere very expensive. I'm assuming the only the best for uh, Sir Olivier. That's kind of a bummer. Uh, what are you gonna do, man? School. No. Uh, and to this day, Richard III remains the only Shakespeare film made in VistaVision. What's VistaVision? It's like a form of Technicolor. What's Technicolor? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> what's, what are movies? <laughs> what's, what is this? What's, what's this, a movie? What's this ma- microphone doing here in front of me? What a microphone? What? Eh. Is this plugged into anything? No. Uh, Anyways, uh, got any final thoughts here before we shut the book? Nah. Nah. All right. <laughs> I'm pretty much spent. Spent. Mm-hmm. After the break, we get hacked to death. But, you know, that's the price uh, we're willing to pay to be the kings of the podcast game. We're a global phenom, Jared. I don't know if you understand that. Or at least of York. Sure, of and course. Glockheister. What? Glockheister. Lankheister. No. <laughs> no. What what names that place has for places? Which place? England. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Do you think they know, though? Oh, they know. They're in on it. Well, that's all Bullshit. right. That ain't the first time I've been thrown out of a saloon. I know what I'll do. I'm going on home and get me some sleep. I wonder what did Richard do with that key? What did he go to sleep with the key? Well, that's all right. I'll just wake him up and make him open the door. Open the door, Richard. That's the boy I rooms with. Open the door, Richard. I know he ain't going out nowhere because I got on the clothes. Open the door, Richard. And that's when I don't like to room with nobody. He don't want to open the door for me. And I owe just as much rent up here as he do. Open the door, Richard. <laughs> open the door and let me. Open the door, Richard. Richard, why don't you open that door? Open the door, Richard. I'm gonna move sad in the This old woman, she charging too much rent. Three dollars a month. And got the nerve to be mad because we left months in the rear. Why she come acting me this morning, she said. When you boy trying to RJ, get if you could be rent, king of any so country, which country would you be of? Guadalajara? Mexico? Not the country, just the city. Just the, you just wanna be the king of that particular city? Sure. I think it uh, Actually I don't know why I said that I'm going to stick with it though You can email us at CriterionCreeves at gmail.com and, Sure you can uh, Maybe give RJ some feedback about his choices Sure We've got a Facebook page We're on Letterboxd 
Sure. Instagram. I'm Jared Duncan. He's Barnloaf. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to have a, a poll up for these sweet T-shirt uh, designs. It, it's gonna. I, I can get it up in almost a minute. Wow, my man. Maybe by the time that you're listening to this part of the show, RJ will have posted it by then. You can lay your eyes on some of the beauties. Um, I'm gonna put that they're all done by Lawrence Olivier. Okay. That's a good thing to do, right? I think so. And yeah. oh, hey, RJ, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, all good stuff. What else are we on? That's I don't know. Podbean. <laughs> Podbean? What about J Date? I thought you were gonna get that up. Hasn't happened. Or Christian Mingle. He's fucking guy. Next week, mm-hmm. Spine Two Fourteen. The, uh-huh. the Devil and Daniel Webster, aka All That Money Can Buy. From 1941, uh, directed by William Dieterle. Jared, I don't know if you know this, but this is one of uh, Christopher Nolan's favorite movies. Wow, better not post that online. Otherwise, people will come and complain about how Christopher Nolan's a hack. Well, I wouldn't say that, but would you? No. Why would you, hey? Eh? I'm not an idiot. Yeah, but like... What else is new? That's true. Cool. Are you excited? This movie's, Not really. This movie's about the devil. I know you like the devil. Which one? Devil Dan Webster. Yeah, he's I. Yeah, I guess. Old Nick Scratch. Who? Nick Scratch. Walter Houston. Who? Who? You know him. Who? He's a sweet old man. Father of John Houston. You love that guy too. Who? Good night.